powered from the Podoma Square Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios in Euless, Texas. Welcome to Primetime Special Edition 133. Tonight, we welcome back the one and only Tom Lazuka of Asylum Cigars as our special and featured guest. And want to mention, as always, Primetime Special Edition is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars, awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and a well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, glowy Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon valley wrappers with thick, high-priming minor and fillers tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo State Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double H 12-year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel Age, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And while I mentioned Aganorsa Leaf, great leaf makes great cigars. Aganorsa Leaf stands out because of the distinctive flavor of their Carojo 99 and Criollo 98 seeds cultivated by Cuban agronomists in the best lands in Jalapa and Esteli, Nicaragua. When you smoke one of their JFR, JFR Lunatic, Guardian of Farm, or Casa Fernandez cigars, you experience the unique taste and aroma that makes Aganorsa Leaf special. Smoke one today and enjoy the signature flavor of Aganorsa Leaf. And we want to mention JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age of Cigars, Cuba is a leaf of choice and makes some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it's one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamastran Valley of Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, Jerry has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Crow. Now with Jerry Tobacco, who and his son Husto bring their very own brand to market and each contain that authentic Crow leaf. The Aladino brand is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Classic each representing the Golden Age of Cigars from 1947 to 1961. Now available at your local retailer, be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And finally, by Drew Estate. Check out and download the Drew Diplomat app via mobile device. Keep up with everything going on Drew Estate. Experience the subculture that is the rebirth of cigars. It's available on iTunes and Google Play. For more information, check out www.drewdiplomat.com. And as always, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate, as well as the California Studios for the Thursday Primetime Show. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Special Edition 133. Today is Tuesday, December 27th, 2022, two days after Christmas Day. Will Cooper, I am in the Perdomo Scott Studios tonight on the Black Stage, and I'm joined cross-country in the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios by my good friend and colleague, Mr. Bear Dupussy. What is going on, Bear? Oh, I am doing fantastic. For a second there, I thought I time warped back to a year ago uh, when you uh, did the introduction and you mentioned Euless, Texas again. I was like, I was like, oh, man, 
Did I step into the Twilight Zone? Did I? Oh, you know but, what? You know what? Did I say Euless? I did say Euless. You did say Euless. I said I'm twice. I'm in Azel. Yes, <laughs> probably, uh, probably because I reused some some things. Yes, you're in Azel, Texas. My apologies to that. Wow. Oh, it's okay. I, I, no, it's I, uh, okay. I completely. I was just, I was like, just like, there's a time warp here, so. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's right. The Alec probably students have moved to uh, Azel, Texas. But you've been out there now for a year already. Yeah, almost a year to the date. So, yeah, it's 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 been crazy. So, um, um, you know, first, uh, I'm taking next week off. You know, which is New Year's Day. Um, but I'll be doing my top ten show the week after that. If you remember, Coop, I did that actually uh, at another location. I did that at Michael's Tobacco Killer. Yeah, I remember um, that was when you were like uh, in between studios trying yeah. to get like connected. I remember internet. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so we as the you know the coalition's been talking, you know, behind your back, and sure. we have we have guesses for the cigars uh, that you're gonna have the the top three. I think we, we Ben and I I think are in agreement with the top three. Is I'm not sure about Nielsen. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, you're you're usually pretty good about that. You're pretty spot on. So, I'll. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm I'm confident I have the the three. I'm not confident I have the order, but yeah, but. We shall, you know, it's always fun to try to guess and see what happens. I think you, I think you'll definitely have two out of three. Yeah, it's 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 how it's going to shake out, which is the question on that. So, um, looking forward to that, um, certainly. And then I'm just like I said, I think uh, 2023 is going to be an exciting year for all of us. So, you know, mm-hmm. we'll be getting into that over the next few weeks too. But I think you know we got some activities we're planning, uh, team stuff, and so I'm I'm getting excited about that. Um, and it, look, I'm going to say this, this was not a bad year to close out on, you know, to be honest with you. Um, it was, you know, I, I can't complain how the year ended. It was a tough first half of the year for me, as you know, very hard. Um, and a lot of you guys helped me get through that. But the second half of the year, I mean, it was just great. I mean, so I, I can't complain there. Yeah, I, I, yeah, 2022 was in was definitely a, was definitely a beating yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. in a lot yeah. of ways. But yeah. uh, but we got through it. And uh, and we're having a good time. So uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then I, yeah, I, I my worst year was 2018. That was a bad year for me. Uh, if I could just erase 2018 from everything, I'd be happy, uh, even though 2020 was was not much better. But I'd take 2020 over 2018 any day. <laughs> I had everything go wrong in 2018. But this year, uh, like I said the second half of the year was just spectacular. So. Uh, very very happy to do that. Um, well, so. Coop, uh, looks like my uh, my screen has done the uh, the the usual now. I have done in the frozen, so uh, I'm going to get that reboot done. But I'm going to switch over to my phone. Okay. So while we do that, why don't we get to introducing the guests? Yep. All right. So as Bear switches uh, due to technical problems, and uh, I'm I'm really happy to welcome this guy back. Um, it, it's been a while since we've had him on the primetime shows, way too long. Um, and I, I guess I have to give Bear the credit. He he said the name first, but we didn't disagree, and we had to get this guy back on. He's the one and only. He's Tom Wazuka of Asylum Cigars and CLA. Tom, welcome back to primetime. Oh, it's great to be on, Coop. Thanks uh, for you and Bear thinking about us and uh, about me. And always good to be on the show with you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, 
it's kind of a, it's, you know, it's a great time of the year to have you on, but it's also, I do appreciate you coming on. I know this is probably some downtime for you with the family and stuff this week. So it, it's not something that's taken for granted and we really do appreciate it. Uh, anytime Coop. I appreciate yeah, you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then bear is reconnecting right now. Um, but we're going to get into a whole bunch of stuff with you tonight. I'm back. All right. So bear, uh, we just did the intro to Tom. And I think before we get into anything, uh, with Tom, I think we should go through, uh, what you're going to smoke tonight. I'm smoking the pandemonium, by the way, the eight by 52. I'm going to be smoking. Very nice. Yeah, I, I thought about that cigar. Um, that's a good choice. I had a couple of, uh, once and, and, uh, Thomas, uh, Come tradition on these shows is uh, I'd like you to select my cigars for me. So I got some choices. So I'm going to go ahead and turn on my camera here. Uh, I've got a recent project that you've done with our good friends over at Cigar Dojo, the uh, Meshugana uh, celebrating Cigar Dojo's 10th anniversary. I've got. An can you hold that band back up, Bear? Can you hold that band back up again? I just want to see something on that. It's got the Dojo 10 at the top if you're looking at it. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Okay, go ahead. Yep, go ahead. Continue. Yeah. I wanted to see it. Yep. Good stuff. Yep. Uh, I've got an Asylum um, uh, Medulla Maduro. And I've got, you know, my affinity for this cigar, Tom. I've got a Winwood Hills Unhinged. There you go. <laughs> 60 gauge just for you, Coop. That's the way to do it. And uh, another one uh that's uh not uh not asylum but uh definitely something i know you're excited about from the uh uh the series uh um united series uh yeah. co collaboration you guys the cle corojo that the, you the were in the, the yankee the cigar fence. yeah yeah the uh, yankees yeah the yankee stadium cigar i can't believe you'd even touch that thing bear <laughs> Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> oh, you gotta now. No, he's smoking. So, I mean, it's 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 kind of, kind of apropos. You you must be really pissed off at the Red Sox. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm mad about this offseason, man. Yeah. It, it, I'm, I'm mad, definitely. So, so Tom, just you know, oh, like, we, 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 I'll make you bear. You finish first, and then I'll make my comment. No, on. I was just gonna say. So, what what would you like me to smoke today, Tom? I think you got to go with Mashugana tonight. Yeah, sounds good. We'll go ahead and light it up. Okay. Thank you, sir. You know, Tom, I, I uh, it's funny because I have the Stadium Series stuff as well, and I have the first one, which was the uh, the Red Sox one, which is Candela. Yeah. And we have a guy in Australia, Dave Burke, who does the music show, and he is like a Candela freak, this guy. He loves Candela, but he is not a big ring gauge guy. Yeah. I said, Dave, I said, Dave, I'm sending you a few of these to Australia. I think you're really going to like it. And he won him over. He smoked. He, he's done two shows with that cigar already so far. Done smoked it twice. So you won over someone with the seventy with that one. I, I thought it was. I thought it was really good. So yeah, that's familiar. Tom, Tom uh, just, winning someone over in the sixth in the big game ring gauge game. But, that but so Dave, familiar. but going Dave over that was. But see, it was Dave had a struggle. It was like Candela on one side, seventy on the other, and they were pulling at him right. So the Candela won over on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh. So, uh, Tom, uh, first of all, um, yeah, we were talking a little bored. You had a good Christmas, it sounds like, right? Yeah, I had a great Christmas. You know, got to spend uh, Christmas Eve with my kids and my mom and dad and uh, Tina, my, my fiance, and uh, my boys and all that stuff, and nieces and so sisters. So we had a great, great day. And then we spent uh, Christmas Day over in Canada with, with my lady Tina and her boys and uh, 
uh, her, you know, her best friend and their families all came over. We had a big dinner. So we, we, yeah, we had, we had, had a great, great Christmas. That That's, that's really good to hear. And uh, plans for new year's, big new year's plans. You going to be home. No, you know, we're thinking about just jumping in the car Friday morning and driving somewhere. So I, I think we might go to Nashville just for new year's. And so we don't know where we'll end up or we're, we're just kind of contemplating. Yeah. But no, no big plans. That'd be cool, I, I, cool little adventure. Yeah, Tom, yeah. How, how long did it? How long did you and Tina go without seeing each other? Because I know with the lockdown, she was on she was on one side of the border, and, and you were on the other side. Yeah, it was about nine months. Wow. Um, oh, wow. That, yeah, that they, we couldn't go, and then finally, I got some paperwork, and uh, but every time I went, I had to quarantine for fourteen days, and. They call or come to the house every day. The Canadians were, they were pretty strict about it. So it was a rough, it was still a rough go. Yeah. My, uh, my son was dating someone up in Toronto. Um, and it did, the relationship did not survive the pandemic, unfortunately. Um, you know, that was just, it's unfortunate, but you know, the distance stuff, I think just took its toll after a while with that. So, um, but he, yeah, it's tough. I mean, you can't, he could get up there. He could go up do. there. Yeah. yeah. Like they could, she could fly in and, you know, at the time, two of her boys were playing college football and, uh, you know, I would have to literally, we'd have to book flights from her to, uh, the Windsor airport was closed. So she'd have to drive to Toronto to fly to Detroit, uh, to come to a game. So wow. she could go, she, she could go to two airports you know, and get on a plane with a bunch of people instead of just driving across the border by yourself, you know, it made no sense whatsoever. And, and like you guys for, you know, it's a, it's like a day trip, right. To go to Canada. It's not like, you know, you have to drive, you guys are close to the Canadian border. Yeah, right? No, 35 miles from her house. Wow. You know? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So that's uh, but no, it's uh, I'm glad that, you know, we're past a lot of that right now. Yeah, no, it's been a lot easier. So things are good. Have you been getting, have you been able to get down to, to Honduras and Nicaragua a lot this year? Uh, no, you know, I went down earlier this year and, uh, uh, you know, when my last trip down was I think in September and then I'll be down again. Uh, I fly down on the 11th. So that, that'll be when I get back to work. We have a sales meeting down there and spend a little time down there. And so we'll be down there, uh, in a couple of weeks. That's good. That's good. Uh, now your sales meetings, right? Are they actual sales meetings or are they just like, uh, I've seen some of the, some other people's sales meetings. I have to question if they're sales meetings. Yeah. You know, they're definitely a sales meeting. You know, we do our kind of year end review and then go through our product launches and things like that. Hopefully create some excitement for the new year and new expectations and, uh, you know, we've got an opportunity. We wanted to do it in Honduras this year to show them the expansion of the factories and, and the farms. And, you know, we built a new box factory. And so uh, we've we got a lot of new stuff to show them. And, you know, it's been one of those years with a lot of back orders and through COVID. And, you know, it's been kind of tough meeting demand and, and the business has been great, but still, you know, the, the guys sit, sit on back orders and things like that. So we get to show them all the changes and what we've done to uh, make sure we don't run into that problem in the future. So we've expanded quite a bit to make sure our demand, we can meet the demand and we've got our back orders down dramatically in the last, you know, three months. So uh, we're in good shape. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Uh, are you going to be around for the Nicaraguan festival? 
Uh, I, when, I, when is that? I, you know, yeah, I it's the end of it's the end of January. Yeah, no, uh, the end of January, I'll probably be at TPE. Yeah, it's getting towards that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then I'm then we're having an international sales meeting uh, in, in Spain uh, with all of our uh, distributors in, in, in Europe. And uh, so, you know, we got a big meeting over there, too, in the beginning of uh, February. Nice. How nice. many countries is asylum in now, Tom? Asylum specifically. Uh, you know, I don't know the exact number. It's been growing. Um, you know, obviously, COVID uh, and the biggest factor has been the, the, the change at Altidus. Um, You know, the lack of Cubans in the European markets have made a big demand for non-Cuban and uh, or what they call New World cigars. So uh, we, we've seen massive growth on the European side. And, uh, you know, we, we, me and Christian have a lot of travel planned next year. Uh, to the European countries, the Eastern Bloc uh, has grown dramatically for us. So, you know, I did events in Romania. We did Bulgaria this year. Um, you know, we've got Croatia this year. I got to do events in, in Albania, places like that. So, wow. you know, we've seen a lot, a lot of growth. But I think we are currently in like 34, 35 of the 39 EU countries. Um, we've expanded quite a bit to quite a different few places in Africa, um, Hong Kong, uh, you know, we, we've expanded to, so it's really been growing for us. Where have you, tra where have you traveled to so far? It sounds like you've got a couple of immediate future plans, but where have you gone? Where have you been so far? Yeah, this year, towards the end of the year, I just, I spent most of my time in, uh, uh, like Romania and Germany and, you know, Christian did Switzerland, uh, Italy, uh, England, uh, Bulgaria. So he, he spent more time over there this year than I did. I focused on the U.S. We, we kind of changed things up a little bit in the U.S. Um, just at, our, at the top end structure, uh, you know, with, with all the demands of tobacco and things, Christian really needs to focus on the farms. Uh, in factory. So he's spending more time there. And I've kind of taken over the, the roles in, in uh, sales completely in, in, in marketing. And uh, so we, we just kind of split it up. So I'm spending more time in Miami now. I'm usually in Miami at least a week out of every month, um, you know, making sure everything's getting ready, all the new launches we have. And, you know, it'll be a big year for asylum in 2023. So that's that's good. Tom, you, this is, we're going to talk about 10 years already with, with what yeah. you've been doing. Right. But we'll talk, the anniversaries aside, you've been wearing these multiple hats for 10 years. Okay. So you've been, you've had asylum, which is, which is your, your brand. And you've also yeah. been, you've run the sales for CLE for the same time. I got to say that's unheard of that someone to have a dual role in any industry for that long. And I got to give you credit on that because I don't, I, I've seen people do dual roles. They don't last two months sometimes doing it. You've got 10 years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's a, uh, it, it's a good role, you know, yeah. I mean, obviously our, our company has changed throughout the years. Um, you know, when we began, you know, it was CLE Aroa Asylum. We, we had the Winwood Hills, we did the Edgar Hoyle brands, we, you know, the Grace Santalongo brands. And, and at the end of the day, we just decided to combine the companies. And obviously it's just me and Christian now. Um, and as the demands, like I said, COVID, uh, 
what was a rough time, a great time in, in our industry, demand wise, but it really showed us where our, 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 our pinch points were, right? Like, you know, where all our kind of problems existed, whether it was through box factory, tobacco, and those things. So, you know, we've invested in farms, we've invested in barns, we've invested in uh, machinery for the box factories, expanded the box factories. So, um, you know, with all that stuff going on, we, we, we've spent a lot of money uh, making sure we can meet our demands worldwide with, with the changes overseas. And, and so, uh, you know, we just kind of had to mix it up. So now I'm you know, we always kind of split up marketing and, and that kind of stuff. And we've got a good, great marketing team. Uh, but, we, you know, we were not always the most organized. So we really tried to be very organized, um, planning out quite a bit in advance now. And, and so, you know, it, it, it keeps me busy. That's for sure. You know, still oh, out man. doing the... Uh, uh, asylum thing and, and managing the sales team. And, uh, you know, we've got some great people who've stepped up and, and, and took on, uh, some roles for us and, and to help me out in, in, in some of those spots. So, you know, we're, we're growing, so it's a good thing. Yeah. But again, hats off that, like I said, that still do that, that role. It's, I, I just was talking about uh, someone on our day job. My day job has been like on a dual role and, and this person can't wait to get out of it. I'm like, <laughs> so it's tough. It's tough, but you seem to have balanced it very well. And then, you know, this was a big year for CLE and um, Asylum. They both celebrated 10 years this year. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's been a, it's been a good 10 years, man. I, I can't, uh, I, you know, I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else. I mean, I had a great partner in Christian business wise and friendship wise. And, uh, you know, we just enjoy the ride, man. There's yep. ups and downs, but uh, we, we overcome the obstacles and, and uh, we, we, you know, we try and have fun. I mean, it's cigars, yeah. you know, this is our livelihood, but it, 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 it's cigars and, and we've got the greatest job in the world. Yeah. Other than maybe being in the NFL. Pay's not quite the same as, you know, I I might trade with Russell Wilson for 250 million or whatever he got paid to lose. Right. But, uh, (laughs) you know, um, but, you know, overall, it's just a great industry to be in, great people. And, and, you know, I still uh, enjoy the travel and, 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 uh, hitting brick and mortars, uh, you know, every week or every other week and, and visiting the customers and building relationships. So, uh, you know, I, I don't see that going away from me for a long time. No, that's good to hear. That's all good to hear. We want you around for a very long time. So, uh, that's good. Um, um, what's been the secret to like dual, you know, like, like who's been talking about this dual role. I mean, that, I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot. I mean, to say nothing of the fact that's, I mean, that's a lot of weight, but I mean, you're trying to build a brand also working like you said you, you've got a great partnership with christian that's the test but what, what do you think the secret has been has it been the way that uh the way that you guys have partnered up or is it uh, yeah 100 100 percent, man i, I mean it, it, it's the partnership um you know we we don't fight about much uh you know there's very few things throughout the years 10 years uh uh, 10 and a half years now with, with, with this company and, and another nine years at uh, Camacho with Christian. Uh, so, you know, we know each other very well. I, I know what he's thinking before he's thinking it most of the time. 
And uh, so I know how to approach him and he knows how to approach me. And, and so, you know, it, it, we're problem solvers. You know, I, I think that's the good part. None of us sit here and bitch and cry over things. We, we, we find solutions. And that's what uh, has always worked for us. When, when I have a problem, he resolves it. When he has a problem, I do the best I can to get it resolved. And, and you know, and we got great people that work with us, you know, from uh, our factories and farms to the warehouse and, and, and uh, our shipping and receiving accounts receivable and, and the sales team, uh, you know, we, we've just got a really good team of people and, and we keep growing and expanding there and they, they, they're doing a great job. And, and I think, uh, you know, next year you guys will be very, very surprised at what's coming with the style. Oh, wow. You, you, you seem, you talked about this a couple of minutes ago, but it seems like you have found the brand structure for, for the operation. It's CLE, Aroa, and Asylum. So it seems like you have a good, good mix of those. Like, and this is how I look at it. You could correct me. I look at CLE, premium cigars, Aroa, maybe more super premium, and Asylum, kind of everything else, spanning both those things, like kind of all the innovative stuff you're doing with Asylum. Yeah, you know, we try and, uh, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, it, 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 we have to find new new markets, new uh, dynamics to where we can grow our company, right? I mean, uh, we do very well with big ring gauge cigars at Asylum, uh, but we can't rely on just big ring gauge cigars, right? You know, so, you know, we, we, we found a niche there and, and now we're moving in new directions and, and you know, developing products that uh, don't compete with things that we do. So, yeah. Um, and I think that's important, Tom. I don't think the brands compete with each other. I think you guys have done a very good job at delineating that stuff. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny because, you know, Asylum is its own animal. Right. right? So, you know, you know, yes, we have Corojo Asylums and Sealy Asylums or, you know, Corojos and uh, Connecticut's and things like that. But a lot of shops are just very different. Some of them are very Asylum heavy. Some will be CLE heavy. Um, so, you know, we, we've got a good mix of products to fit a- any humidor in the country. Yeah. You know, no, I, I, I agree. Um, and I think, like I said, it's, it's, I think you guys cover the whole spectrum, you know, from, you know, you got volume and then you got your super premium stuff that, that even in asylum, you guys have done very well with that. Um, for sure. Cause I know bear and I are big fans of those, uh, annual releases, the anniversary releases now. Yeah. Yeah. We've got the, the 11 coming this year. Uh, we've got another very limited product, uh, under the asylum brand called sensorium coming, uh, later this year. So, you know, you'll see some new stuff from us. Yep. Yep. Did, did you ever, I mean, you guys really just, this asylum thing just really took off. Right. I mean, did you ever think like 10 years, you'd still be looking back on like how you guys really changed the big ring gauge market. I don't want to say you guys invented the big ring gauges, but you guys changed there's some sizes you did push the envelope with and you I think you you had a lot to do with the, the big ring age, you know, craze. I think a lot of it can really be talked about the work you guys did. Innovation within the space. Like yeah, like yeah. like you didn't invent it, but you took it to you took it to different levels. That no one saw before. You made, yeah. You made it a household thing, I would say. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's amazing how, how it worked, right? Obviously, there were big ring gauge cigars in the market. Not many. You know, the couple JFR was out in the marketplace. You know, George Rico with the Gran Habanos were the two main 70s in the marketplace at the time. Uh, but what we did is we, we came 
through with just a completely different style, um, different taste, different uh, price points and structure, and uh, and we supplied it very well. Yeah. And I think that was the thing. Maybe companies weren't, uh, they were selling it, but they maybe weren't behind it. And we, we came in full tilt. We supplied it. We made sure the product was there. And, and I think that was the big difference, you know, and when we came into the marketplace is, is we supplied it. And, and, you know, I wasn't afraid. Hey, listen, buy a box. If it doesn't work, I'm going to, I'll take it back. You know, I'll send you a free box, you know, whatever. Put, put a 70 on the shelf, especially the ogre. People were a little uh, skittish at the beginning with ogre. And, and all of a sudden they put a box on the shelf and, and the guy, you know, two days later is like, dude, they were gone in one day. I need, I need five boxes. You know what I mean? And so it just really kind of kept steamrolling and, uh, and still to this day, it's growing. No, it, it definitely is. And you guys have, like I said, you've done some innovative things for sure, you know, uh, and then even like I said, I'm smoking this pandemonium, which is this is a not a big ring gauge, but a, a long cigar, which is kind of cool. I've always kind of enjoyed these. Uh, Bear, I was going to smoke a big ring gauge, but I th- figured you'd predict I'd do that. So I just changed gears. So <laughs> look at you. Yeah. Hey, do we want to address this Tyler comment? Bear, did you see this? So according to this guy, Tyler, uh, actually, we know Tyler. You know, I I, yeah, I know Tyler. I did not see it. I've been uh, getting uh, his, this back in order. Okay, so his comment was Tom he, that, um, and I want to just make sure I get this right here. Um, he is like he said basically, um, you were dreading this interview tonight. Who? No. <laughs> he said he said Tom Bazooka came into my store and said he wasn't looking forward to this interview. <laughs> <laughs> is that Tyler from Smoke Strings? Down yeah, there? yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at Mexico with him. Good guy. <laughs> He's lying to you. I, I tell I, Tyler, <laughs> did he book a trip to Honduras yet? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I was I was down in Mexico with Tyler actually. Yeah, so. Uh, so yeah, it was good. It was good. Uh, I got to meet him face to face. He snapped a he snapped a couple pictures of me too with a cowboy hat on. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was just in Houston visiting uh, yeah. Tyler and Larry there at Smoke Rings. So yeah, they're great, yeah. great, great people. Yeah, great people. Check out their store by the way if you're in in that area for sure. <laughs> I had to just I had to do that there. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so well, Tom, speaking of the big gauge thing. Okay, so how. Yeah. But let's okay. I mean, we're gonna start talking some shit. Let's let's throw some shade here. I'm smoking the Meshugana, which I've this is uh, this is like my third or fourth one. It's it's and I, I love the blend, Tom. I think you guys did a great job with it. But how how insulted were you when they said, "Hey, Tom, we want to partner up, but don't do a 60. When not, they said, not, "We need not, to we need to dial this down a little bit. I, <laughs> I got on the dojo guys about that. By the way, I said, "You gotta do a 60. <laughs> No, no, you know, not at all, man. You know, uh, it's actually better for us to get some people trying, you know, because it's the blessing and the curse at the same time, right? Like, you know, you start a company and, you know, you're not a brand yet, right? Like, I mean, just because you have a name doesn't make you a brand. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, branding is when people know who you are by a logo and, you know, whatever it is, you know, Mercedes, BMW, those companies, you just see their logo, you know what it is. And for us, uh, when people think asylum, they think big ring gauge. So, you know, we're, we're blessed by that, but also people a lot of times think we're only big ring gauge and and we're not, you know, we we've done everything from 
you know, Lancero's up to 90 ring gauge. We, we, we have everything in between. And uh, so it's good to get exposure for uh, some more traditional sizes for asylum. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the iron, I keep going. I think I've mentioned this. One of the biggest ironies is like, you guys have made the cigar aficionado top 25 with one of your smallest cigars, actually. Yeah. 44 by four. Yeah, exactly. So uh, go figure that. And, uh, you know, another thing I smoked recently uh, was those 20 minute Toms. So uh, yeah. good job with that. Actually, it's a nice cigar. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice, quick uh, little driver, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice, quick. I like the name. I got your name in there. So it's good. Good job. But the name was great. And the cigar was really good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Tom, I'm gonna give you a chance because I picked on you this summer, okay? Yeah. At the PCM <laughs> trade show, okay. So I'm gonna first uh, of all, I'm gonna first of all apologize because it, it it was it wasn't really a fair comment I made, and and for folks, and then I'm gonna give you a chance to rebut. Um, it wasn't a fair comment I made uh, about you guys because I said, well, I, and I was kind of put on the spot. Hey, what booth was like the most disappointing to you guys? And I said, CLE and Asylum, and and I think it was a little bit of an unfair thing, right? Yeah, no one's ever no one's ever gonna believe that Tom's here for me and not you, Coop. Right, right, right. But I, I think, well, you know, I kind of maybe got caught up all oh, the what's new, what's the new stuff. And you guys did have some new stuff. It was more extension stuff, which we'll talk to. But when I look back on it, that was an unfair comment I made, and I wanted to apologize on that uh, to you personally on the air tonight. On that, ah, uh, no, no, Coop. You know, yeah. I, I, I know I shot you a text, busting your chops a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I, you know, listen, I, I mean, listen, you see what you see, right. uh, you know, we, we tried because of COVID and things like that. We really wanted to limit the new releases uh, because of the, you know, back orders and supply chain issues we were having. So we, we were we did limit it this year. You know, unfortunately, a couple of our pallets didn't show up at the show. So the new product wasn't displayed. And so, you know, we, we definitely had a few issues and, and bumps at, at the show. And, uh, you know, it, it's all right, Coop. You know, okay. I, I, I don't look at that stuff. Uh, you know, I bust your chops, but I was completely joking. You know, we, we got to take the good with the bad sometimes. And yeah. it, uh, it didn't roll our, our, our way totally uh, with what we wanted to happen at the trade show this year. We had a great show. I mean, we killed well, you it. You did. You did. Yeah. And, and so that, that that's what matters at the end of the day. But uh you know, obviously, we want to have a good showing and have new stuff for you guys, uh, obviously, to talk about and introduce. And, and uh, but, you know, we just couldn't do it this year. We, you know, we were just trying to keep supply uh, of the products we had. And so we, we were pretty limited this year. But, uh, you know, be, be ready for next year, Coop. We're, we're going to be throwing a lot of stuff at you. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know it's going to come up. With the, 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 like, no, but you did have you did have stuff. I mean, when I was kind of going through everything after the show, I'm like you did have a, it was a lot of line extensions. Yeah. You know, and, and you you filled some gaps in the portfolio, which I think maybe I didn't even realize what gaps. And, and one of the big ones is you guys added Toros to several lines in the CLE line this year. Yeah. The traditional 54 by six. Yeah. Uh, not well, maybe that's not traditional Toro, a little bigger than normal, but yeah, because you know, we, we've always had the 1118 shapes in the CLEs, but not everyone wants to smoke that, you know, kind of odd shape. And and so we added that we added uh, a, a few Lanceros and in, in the Aroa classic in the CBT lines. And so, you know, we, we had a few new things, obviously the PCA exclusives, the Asylum 11, we, 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 we displayed there, uh, obviously just the packaging. We don't have the blend done yet, but right. we'll be working on shortly. But, uh, yeah, you know, we kept it pretty limited. I mean, you know, we did some packaging changes on the, uh, 
CLE 25th in the, in this, uh, CLE signature, uh, Cameroon, uh, you know, we kind of upgraded the packaging there. So we had a few, few things, but it just didn't show up. You know, those pallets yeah. showed and up that's like unfortunate. three days that was into the show. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. I liked, I liked the old looks. I mean, you guys went, I mean, that was a pretty quick turnaround and quick changes. I mean, you obviously got some pretty serious feedback that it, uh, that it just wasn't working. Or so. I mean, yeah, that- you know, I, I, yeah, for sure. Right. I mean, it, it's not that it doesn't work. It, it's that certain markets are very tend to be uh, aesthetically. They need to look good. And we went very traditional on those boxes and the boxes maybe didn't look the part of, of a cigar at that 15 to $18 price point. Uh, so we wanted to upgrade the boxes to, to, a. uh, a better look. And, and that was it. You know, the blend changed the same, the band st- stayed the same. Uh, we, we just wanted to put them in a nicer box. I, so. I thought that was, I thought for the 25th, especially it, that was great because that's a very, you know, that's a special cigar for you guys. Yeah. And I think that packaging really demonstrated that well. Oh, I love that. Like, I know of the new stuff too. I just, I, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the old packaging too. Like when I first saw it the year before, I was like, wow, this is, yeah. like you said, more traditional. I like the way it looks, you know, uh, yeah. you know, you still got the tissue, you know, the, 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 you know, your, your staple, the tissue paper, which is always, to me, has always added an element of, you know, of just uh, of classiness to it. Um, you know? Yeah. I, to, I like it too. I love, I love the tissue. I, I, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know why. I say classiness and it does certainly classes it up, but I mean, it's just a really good way of presenting the product. And I've always enjoyed it. I know that great Christian has this aversion to, to cello and that's why you guys do it uh, at least initially, but I mean, it's really become a staple of y'all's and it's, it, and I really like the tradition that it's kind of held up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we've switched uh, pretty much all the asylum lines to tissue and, and uh, we just like the way it looks. You don't get the glare uh, from the humidors, the light off the cellophane that uh, you can, obviously you don't see the whole cigar, but you, you know, you see uh, the top part of the cigar with the band. And, and so it's just a, it's a nice presentation and we just wanted to, you know, Christian tends to be very traditional and, and that's okay. But sometimes when you're at these price points and, and a number of markets, it, it has to look the part, you know, it doesn't always go by what's in the box. Sometimes yeah. you just, uh, because it, 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 it's, uh, you know, it, it's very visual for some people. So when, when they look at this, the, the, the packaging in the box, they want to make sure that you know it, it's got to look the part so uh, when it's at that price point i think we just needed to dress it up a little bit and so we made a quick change <laughs> yeah i remember the original sealy signatures were like unbanded right those original ones yeah and, and they were great and i remember when i i got a box of those and i had to like basically i took them out of the box and i'm like i, I gotta make sure i label you know because i didn't <laughs> i didn't want to get them lost in the humidor yeah. so but but you know, but that, but packing said that was a great, if you ever had that original signature, that was a really, really, that's one of the underrated gems I've had over the past 10 years. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. A fantastic cigar, but you know, look like a bundle. You it, know, it, did, it did. It did. Yeah, it did. But at least you didn't put it in a bundle. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm anti bundle. So what <laughs> a lot of stuff. So, <laughs> so, uh, so, so uh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Bear. Tom, the, the other thing I was, you'd, you'd mentioned about, you know, you've mentioned this a couple of times already tonight about just COVID and how logistically it's it's kind of set some things 
in different directions for you guys and you guys have had to adjust. I know this topic comes up every time we speak, um, both probably privately and publicly, but the, so the Wynwood Hills is, is that what's going on like that? Is that, is that a uh, logistics issue? I mean, when, when are these going to, when are, when are we going to see these coming back uh, on a more mass scale? Uh, we actually, I, you know, when we sat down and really went through our lines and, you know, I think we had like 36 different Vitolas in our lines, 38, I think. Um, and we needed to streamline production for the factory and things. So I actually discontinued that brand. Oh, so we, 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 we've kind of, we went away from it. Um, you know, not to say it'll be gone forever, mm-hmm. but right now, uh, we really wanted to streamline down to about 16 to 18 Vitolas, um, and, and really focus on, uh, the main brands. So, uh, our, our, you know, our, our, our focus went away from that. So we just decided we, we needed to, you know, I don't know, we probably discontinued, you know, 40 or 50 SKUs out of our lines, uh, just to condense because, you know, when, when, when we would talk with the factory managers and, and uh, you know, we, we have our, uh, a new gentleman named Rupert who handles, uh, all, all of our factory stuff. And, uh, you know, when we sat with them, they asked for help because we just had too much stuff going on. So we decided just to streamline and, and focus on certain things. And so we just eliminated, you know, a few lines. Well, it sounds like you need to make room in the factory. So if you need to do that, if you've got any of them lying around, you just, you know, want to make some room you have my address tom it's not a problem you got it bear <laughs> you, know, you do you do have a, i mean I, i'm amazed when uh i was talking with raul at the trade show and he's going through the uh the catalog and i was like you guys have a massive catalog i mean in 10 years that's that's all if you can't find something in the catalog the smoke you know there's, there's no hope is what i would say because there's yeah, only, I was gonna say, it yeah. says, says more about you than it does about well maybe country. aaron can't find anything to smoke but but that's aaron yeah but but <laughs> Yeah, and it, so it was, you know, a couple, I guess, as long as we're on that topic, Aurora Dark and Aurora Homestar, are those things that are continuing to be made, those weren't cut, were they? They were not. No, okay. the, the, the Aurora Darks are just something we get a limited amount of that yeah. color, so it, 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 it's kind of hit or miss throughout the year. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, we're continuing with both those lines, um, and, and, and hopefully – uh, you know, we're working on uh, more tobacco from the farms. And, and so hopefully uh, we're really hoping to get more of that dark tobacco that we can uh, increase a, the production of the Aurora Dark. Yeah. What what a what a cigar. What a cigar. That Aurora yeah. Dark's one of my favorites. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And Bear aged really well. They aged really well. Yeah. I have <laughs> some I have some about I have some setback. I wanted to see what, you know, like especially with like the, all the oil and stuff. Yeah, I wanted to see what you know yeah. in my yeah. own nerdy way. I wanted to see what two years would do to that cigar. Yeah, imagine it'll be lighter once it comes out. Um, I, I, it's hard for me to tell. I have a couple still lying around, but yeah, from what Tissue's I got, I, got I, have from the ori- I have for the original release. So, so that's good because I, I think, and and Tom, you guys, like I said, you guys are pretty good with your limited production stuff. I mean, you you don't do a lot of one and dones. I've noticed. We we don't. <clears throat> I mean, really, the only one and dones we do are the asylum. Uh, anniversary cigars every year yeah uh but outside of that you know we we want to produce cigars if people like them we want to be able to supply them so yeah 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 the um that that's a great thing 
you also at the trade show a couple of other things that were pretty cool. Uh, I thought long overdue maybe for you guys, but I didn't realize you had you didn't have more the fresh packs. I think that was another thing that's gr- a great addition. I'm seeing we did a whole show on samplers a few months ago. Yeah, Bear and I, and I'm just telling you, there was so much interest from people in those in samplers and and fresh packs. It, it's it's something that's pretty hot right now. I think with a lot of consumers. So good for you guys for getting in on that. Yeah, we, you know, we were very late to the game on that. It's something we wanted to do. And uh, so we only launched them in the 60s. I, I don't think there's many 60 ring gauge fresh packs. So we no. kind of no, focused, we focused in an area that uh, doesn't really exist in the marketplace. And, and, you know, they launched very, very well for us. Yep. Who calls those survival packs? Survival. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Well, it's really, you know, it's funny. There's a, a guy who was one of my clients on my day job, and he was a, a Gran Habano smoker, and still is, right? But I remember I got him onto Asylum. I, I got him, and he, he'd buy Asylums by, by the 30-count box. And I told him about these from the trade show, and he was like, all, he's like, goes, damn. I goes, I wish I was, you know, perfect. He's like, you know, because he really, this guy's committed. He won't smoke anything below a 60, this guy. He won't talk to me. He won't talk to me if it's a 58 won't do, by the way, is what he said. So, so uh so yeah, I sent him a couple of candelas too. And uh, he goes, Yeah, this is good, this is good. As long as it's a 60, he's fine. So uh but yeah, I think I think they were a great addition that you guys had is you guys I think had some you had some Aroa samplers that they weren't the fresh packs beforehand, I think. So you guys yeah. had some samplers, but not the fresh packs. Yeah, and they, they were 10 count samplers. Yeah. Um, in the wood boxes. And we did it. We have an asylum, a CLE and a, and a row. Yep. Yep. Uh, but sometimes, you know, 10 is a lot sometimes, you know, yeah. you're, you're looking for that price point in that $30 range, 35 or whatever, yeah. instead of 80 to 100. So it, it fits right into a great little spot. Yeah. And like I said, someone who travels, there's nothing better than taking a five pack fresh pack and just, you know, putting it in your in your travel gear um, and, uh, you know, you know, I just know I can keep them in there the whole week, you know, and I don't have to drag a, uh, a you know, I don't have to drag a hard case around or anything like that. So I, I think, you know, th- it works well for me on that as well. And like Bear said, you didn't go wrong with the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Bear, with that. Um, and then and then but but you did come out with some Lanceros in the Aurora line. We did, which is funny because Christian <laughs> never really liked that size. Uh but we, he, he did, and we had great response to it. And, you know, when then we did, you know, at our party, we did the special cigar for Christian. We did the 5010, uh, celebrating his 50th birthday and our 10 year anniversary. And uh, so we just sold that to accounts that came to the, to the party and, uh, you know, had good response. So what we're looking forward to uh, probably uh, doing something new again for next year's uh, PCA. By the way, uh, I think Bear, I can speak for Bear and the rest of the team. We absolutely, one of the highlights of PCA was that party this that year, uh, last this year. So we had a yeah. great time at that. A great venue. A perfect. Great spot, great vibe. Everything was just off the chain. It was great. No, thank you guys for coming, man. We, you know, it was to show appreciation for uh, uh, all you guys that support us. And, and, Obviously, it's a limited space. We, we, we couldn't invite everybody, but, uh, you know, we had a great party and it was a great celebration. And I think we're going to do it again this year. I think it's in the plan. So, oh, wow. I mean, it was uh, that eight place was I mean, really, it was just like we were just amazed by that place. Uh, it was just a well done event, um, the ambiance and everything. So 
we were tired, but we, like, we didn't want to leave because <laughs> we were just. Yeah. <laughs> I was tired. I remember. Like, finally, I said, finally, I think they he got. They Tom, told me Tom probably felt the same way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we we extended it a couple extra hours too, so yeah, ended up being a long night. Well, the best part was I saw Scott Pierce come into the party, and he was actually I think he had left PCA's party to come to it. If I'm not yeah, yes. yeah. I said, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I'm here for this party now. Like, <laughs> So, no, I think it was a, I, like I said, it was probably, and I'm not just saying because you're on, because it, it was it was one of the better parties we've been to in a long time at, at the trade show. So, uh, thank you. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, so. we, we were, you know, we wanted to, uh, again, just throw a nice party celebration yeah. and, and uh, yeah, it came out really well. Yeah, and what a great idea making that cigar available to people who attended it. I think that's a that's a great that's a real unique incentive. So it's not just a PCA exclusive; it was a party PCA exclusive on top of that. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so good job with that as well. Um, you know, so we we talked a bunch about the anniversary series, and I the first thing I say is I thought it was this was really interesting. When we when you were talking to us, uh, you show us the Asylum Ten, and it was like, oh, it's sold out already, right? You guys had already sold out of the Ten yeah. before the trade show, so I thought it was great that you guys showcased the Eleven because it gives someone a chance to like, okay, now I know this is coming, and I could get ahead of the game and be aware of this when my rep comes around, you know, wanting to sell this. I, I like I said, but the, great job selling that out before the trade show, by the way. No, thank you, thank you. You know, yeah. every year. Uh, that, that expands for us. We, you know, we limit it to like 2000 boxes and, uh, you know, it's just been a great addition to the asylum line. You know, we try and come up with something new, new designs. And, uh, you know, obviously we displayed the, the 20, uh, 23, the, the 11 coming out. So, uh, you know, we, we just got to get into the war room and finish the blend now. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know, I think what you guys, this is another space that you guys, I think, really capitalized on that, frankly, I don't think anyone had ever done before. And that was taking the asylum, the big ring gauges, the different, I don't want to say, because well, one of them's not really a super big ring gauge, but you brought them into this premium segment, which I think was a segment you guys for asylum hadn't been tapping into. I thought it was a brilliant move. And when you come out with a cigar, especially that seven, which Bear Bear loves that cigar. Yeah. That 70. Yes. We think it's the best 70 ring gauge cigar ever created. I, I don't know if I'm yes. top. It was really good. Yo, there's yeah, there's there's there, yes. There that is that is not in that is not uh no that is not to be disputed. That is a fact. It is the greatest 70 gauge cigar ever created. We yeah, we were talking about that. I think the last time Tom was on about that. I think we smoked them that night, didn't we? It was a top five cigar for me. Yeah, I mean, it, it it was a limited edition, so it couldn't it, it couldn't have made my list. It it would have it would have uh, it, it was an honorable mention because. But yeah, it's it, but, it is yeah true one and done's they are Tom and they were just I think they were really something special there. Yeah, yeah thank you, thank yeah. you. And, you know, it's funny because people be like, "Well, how do I get the five and the four? It's like, "Well, we actually didn't start it till the seven. <laughs> so <laughs> we kind of skipped a few years before yeah. we came out with it, but seven yeah. was our first year. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, and then, of course, I got to talk about the nine. Um, I have smoked the nine. Yeah. Uh, in the 90. So, <laughs> yes, so, so a couple of things. I love big ring gauges. Don't go to 100. 
<laughs> it's too big. The, the 90 was too big for me. It was the probably from my mouth. Even. Yeah, that was the, it was big, but don't do 100. I don't think you need to. No, I, I think a lot of people expected to see a, a, a 10 <laughs> by 100 for the 10 year. Uh, but we did, we, you know, we stopped the, you know, we're going to continue. The 90 is, is a release we're doing. Uh, we're releasing it twice a year. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, it's cool. going to be the same blend. We'll probably uh, change the packaging this year. Uh, similar packaging, just the color schemes and things like that. But it'll be the same cigar. Uh, just so people can collect them through the years and change it up a little bit. I, I, but, that's a great, I, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, so cool. but we're gonna keep the blend the same. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, so I still just, have I still have mine. I haven't smoked it yet. I was just gonna say I sent I sent nineties, Tom. I bought nineties for the whole team. <laughs> and I'm trying to get these guys to smoke it. I'm like, you guys I will, I will, I will smoke it. Yeah. I will smoke it. I just I, I haven't I haven't yet. Um yeah. I don't I don't want to wait too long because I don't want it to I don't want it to age out or anything like that. Yeah. Um but I mean it's as you know, Tom, it's a commitment. So I like uh, I'm not I'm not going back to this. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down and I am going to dedicate time to smoking this. So yeah, it's a lot of work. I mean, it is. <laughs> it's three and a half minimum, and that's if you smoke fast. You know, like it's a long. It's a commitment. You had had one on the trade show floor uh, two yeah, years remember. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lit it. Uh, it. It was a mistake to light it uh, at the beginning of a show because people are coming up asking questions. So I had to keep relighting it. And five hours in, I was halfway through if I was lucky. <laughs> and I, I just had to give up, uh, you know. So I, I've smoked a couple of them. Uh, but, I, you know, that, that, that's a little too much. I don't have five hours to, to dedicate. Well, <laughs> it. it- so the interesting thing is I, I can kind of go from the 70 to the 80. I, I was able to kind of do that. Right. And I have smoked a lot of the 80s. You guys do. But that 80 to 90 was just it was like a hurdle that was tougher for me to do. Like, because it's so big, it's such a big change from the 80 to 90. You don't realize it. It's a massive cigar. I it, mean, it's it, it, a lot it of tobacco really in that cigar. It weighs exactly as much as two seventies. Wow. So it's, it, it is. I believe it. Yeah. Tobacco. Yeah. 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 It, 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 it's. <laughs> and, and you didn't put it in a coffin. You put it in a crypt. OK, that thing is like yeah. a, a, you know, like a <laughs> It's got a combination lock, you know, like those things. But here's the no. thing. What I, yeah. If, go ahead, Bear. No, no, no. Go ahead, please. Finish I was going to say you guys, you guys did it. You guys proved you could do it. Now, it may be just. I have a big mouth, but maybe not a big enough mouth. But, uh, you know, but but I think you guys certainly were able to pull that off. Um certainly is this a you see obviously you guys are seeing a market that people want these yeah i mean they sell like i said we every every time we launch it we have to make more so yeah um you know it's not our number one seller but we sell a you know surprising amount of of those cigars and i know that for a fact because when they first the first run came out i could not get them everyone sold out of them so when the second run came, I had a retailer put some aside for me and I bought. So that's how I got him the second time. He, t- he told me when they were coming in, I said, just put them aside. I went and picked them up and uh, I picked some up for the guys. And then I picked four up for myself as well. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's uh, amazing. You know, you got to give credit to your factory, Tom. They did a hell of a job uh, putting that together. They did. I mean, you know, again, it takes uh, uh, a village, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. we can come up with ideas, but if we don't execute at every level, 
especially yeah. from the blending and the construction and, and those things uh, and the marketing, the, the, the packaging, everything, um, you know, it's just not going to work. So, uh, you know, it, everything came together very well with that brand. Yeah. And, you know, I, I guess say going back to the eighties for a second, you, as far as the 80, that's the market you guys really, that was your market. You own that, you introduced that and that, that was, um, amazing what you guys did with that um i just remember when that first six by 80 came out which was <laughs> and it was and i remember you were telling me you said you couldn't get the rapper leaves big enough to do an eight by 80 at the time yeah i mean it was uh you know it takes a, a big you know yeah. tobacco leaf to, to to roll those things yeah. and uh you know we're, we're fortunate to to have good suppliers and and we're able to get the tobacco that we need in the 80 uh, amazingly sells man like uh yep. even even the 90s it was funny at inner tobacco this year you know i'm sitting with my retailers and and the you know the one guy our, our gentleman in italy uh you know he's like you know when i called about the price i misunderstood and i thought they were 40 dollars wholesale to us so i had to retail it for 120 and my guys told me we didn't give it we didn't care they still wanted it at $120 a cigar. So uh, I'm like, all right, all right. We got room to work with. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but, you know, I, I was pretty happy that it was only 40. <laughs> yeah. Retail, so. Yeah. Yeah. No, for, for sure. I actually had some success cutting the 90 with the 80 ring gauge cutter. I was just able to get enough off that cap, I think, with it. Um, but that was the only, that was like the best way. I've, and then the razor blade was the other way I did it. Yeah, uh, I did want to punch that thing. I was a little worried I'd destroy it, so I didn't punch it. Yeah, I've seen people punch it multiple times just to you know get more airflow through it. But they, it it seems like an eighty ring gauge cutter is enough to, yeah. to get to get good good yeah. flow through it. So yeah, no, I, I think uh, like I said, the eighty will work on it, which is which is good. Uh, and you know, unless someone wants to do a ninety cutter for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I think I get arthritis though uh, with that ninety, but no, well, it, uh, it's just how much can you carry in your pocket, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. they, they get so big, and you, you feel weighed down by the time you put a lighter, a cutter, all that stuff. You know, it's uh, it's a lot. I I hate things in my pocket, so. <laughs> no, I know, I know. But the other, one other thing I just want to say in the nineties, hats off to you guys for making a cigar like that that is smokable. Um. You know, a lot of times I've seen people who do, do these projects, but eh, they're not really meant to smoke. But you guys put that yeah, out the there and it certainly meant to smoke. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, uh, a lot of people when we first come out with these things think they're novelty. But uh, we have a loyal following of guys who want to smoke big ring gauge cigars. So they, they, they smoke them, they look for them, they buy them. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's great um, for sure. Uh, by the way, it did take me about almost five, someone was asking, it took me almost five hours to smoke five yeah, yeah i was gonna ask yeah it did take um, a long time yeah yeah that's a that's i gotta dedicate some time man i got young yeah, kids yeah yeah that's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's right you know you know bear you, you light a cigar and the next thing you know they're in college right <laughs> well that's what i was thinking I was saying, maybe i could just do it my one of my kids will get through a semester at the, well yeah. now they're all out of college so so yeah so yeah the uh the good yeah um Another thing you guys did, I think uh, it hit Coop, the mark. Before, before, are you jumping to the next thing? or I was going to jump to the next thing, but keep going if you want. 
No, there's there's something I wanted to address. We've been talking a little bit about PCA. There's something I wanted to address really quick, Tom. Uh, and I know I know like other companies do it, but there's something that I've noticed every single year. And there's it, you and Miguel Shodella, two people that I notice every time, uh, every show that I've been to. It's on the last day when everything's getting torn down and everything's kind of then. You and Miguel do this. You take your. It's you and your sales team. You have like a huddle, and it's just you guys. Nobody else. And, you know, and, and, and you gather them up, which I presume is just to talk about like, Hey, job well done, everything like that. And it's, I, like I said, I'm sure other companies do it. They probably take them to dinner. I'm sure you take them to dinner too, several times throughout the week um, and everything like that. But I, I think it's just so important, you know, it, it's, there's a really, it's very symbolic for me to kind of see the way that you do that. Cause it's like it. Hey guys, look, look what we did, you know, like the, the, the world, you know, the world's coming down around us as we, you know, as for another year and we, you know, you guys put together, you know, something special. Um, and it, it's just, it's very symbolic of me that you guys choose the, the way that you choose to do that. And for, on the trade show floor, as it's kind of coming down, people like before we say goodbye, before we go back to life, as we know it, like, let's just take a moment to enjoy this as a team. And, and I think that's really cool. And I, I've always wanted to tell you that. And, um, and it's just, it's, it's just a, I think it's a really nice gesture. And, and uh, even though I'm not a member of your team, like I do have a team in my day job and like, I, I can see how that I can see how they, they should appreciate it. And, yeah. and it's, that's, that's a hats off to you. And, and, and Miguel, who I also know who does it too. So. Yeah. Miguel does a great job with crown heads and a good group of guys over there and, and a lot of respect for those guys. And, you know, for us, you know, we, we have a team of people who really enjoy being around each other, you know, with during COVID, uh, you know, having Zoom sales meetings and, and not traveling uh, the couple times a year that everybody gets together as a group. And, and so it's really a lot of fun because our, our group of people enjoy each other and, you know, they put a lot of work in and, you know, we, we you know, we run some contests for the guys and, you know, at the end of the day, when we sit down and, and, and look at uh, how everybody chips in and, and, and hustles and takes customers that aren't theirs. And, and, you know, we have an expectation of our guys is, you know, it, it's just because uh, if you might not have a customer in the booth at that time and there's somebody there, you need to service them, you know. So our guys stay busy the whole show and, and they, they jump in, write orders for other guys when they need to. And, and so, you know, it's just fun to kind of sit back and uh, kind of talk shop about uh, how they did in the contest and who, who's going to win what. And, and you know, uh, they, they like to kind of talk, talk a little crap to each other. And <laughs> so just kind of fun to sit down with the guys and kind of unwind at the end. And, you know, it's something, you know, me and Christian do pretty much at the end of every day at the show, you know, they basically got to kick us out. Uh, cause we'll just sit down and smoke until the, someone comes around and says, you can't stay in here anymore. You know, <laughs> You know, you mentioned this, right, Bear? And there was another thing that happened, and you probably didn't see this because you were interviewing soccer at the time, but soccer's booth was right next to the CLE booth. And this was day four, and you were facing away from the booth, Bear, but I was facing mm -hmm. towards the CLE booth. And I saw 
Christian and Husto like get together and just sit and they were just talking shop. I, I couldn't hear anything. Oh, man. And it was like, I was like, man, I wish I was a fly on the wall to see that, you know, because, uh, you know, I know both the guys and everything, but it was a cool thing to just see that, you know, and I, you know, I wasn't going to snap pictures or anything like that, but it was cool. This I saw them doing that. And it was like, you know, the soccer interview wasn't a short one. So this wasn't a short conversation either, but it seemed like it was a really like relaxed conversation they were having. It was pretty cool to watch that from afar. Yeah, and that's you know the the end of every day, you know, yeah. me Christian or Christian, like I said, Husto, his brother, and uh, wh- whoever. We just like to unwind and smoke a cigar and talk about the day, and and you know we it's funny because we we sit back a lot and and you know uh, through the years, you know, I've been with Christian uh, through Camacho and Davidoff, and uh, obviously this experience for. Uh, 19 years, you know, and sit back and kind of take in, uh, where we're at with this company and, and starting from zero again is, uh, it's always fun to just kind of reflect and, and, and see yeah. where, where it's gone and how, how we've done it. And we're always kind of amazed that, uh, where we're at with this, you know? Yeah. And I know bear is, I remember when we interviewed Christian when I was down in Miami and we interviewed you that day, I know bear talked about the, the ad that you guys ran about doing it all over again. I mean, yeah. And it, yeah and now you look so back on that, you guys have accomplished that for sure. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not an easy thing to do, no. you know, obviously for myself, it's, you know, I, I, I had been in this industry for a while, but not as uh, as a brand. And, right. Uh, you know, Christians had a lot of years experience and, and, you know, when you, when you sell your company and, 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 uh, you come back, you know, you're, you're, you're at, you're still at ground zero, you know, you have relationships, but, uh, you've got to completely rebuild a new brand and it's not the easiest thing to do. That's for sure. Yeah. You certainly didn't like try to recreate Camacho in the process. You, yeah, I think you took some things obviously that worked in Camacho, but you know, for the most, I think you guys built this thing completely different this time. And, and it's, it's, it's become a great thing to see that like evolve, like watching you guys from afar from the past decade. I'm just, you know, I can't believe it's that long and I'm saying that, but it, it, it really evolved nicely for you guys. Yeah. You know, we're very proud of it and the people we have and, you know, again, you, you look back and, uh, you know, I've been in this for 21 years now and start to realize that you're, you're one of the old guys now, you, yeah. you know, you see all the new blood coming in and, and seeing, uh, I think the industry's in a great place moving forward. And so, you know, it's good to sit back and, and look at the experiences that we've had and, and, uh, you know, whether it's Camacho or Davidoff or, you know, this, this company, um, you know, we've got to do it our way. And the nice part is, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we do it very grassroots. We, we, we do it, uh, from, uh, a, a place of not necessarily about financial gain. We, we do it from a place to make sure we're putting out a good product, taking care of our people, uh, and, and always growing, whether it's in Honduras or Nicaragua, uh, or, or in the U S itself, you know, with, with our salespeople, um, uh, we're always trying to grow and, and be a better company. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. I think you guys have shown that. Yes. For sure. That. Um, I had one more product thing, Bear, Do you have any other product things you want to hit? Cause I have one more I wanted to hit with Tom and then we can get into some of the other stuff. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, the TAA release. 
Um, has that hit? Has that hit yet? And I apologize for not knowing the answer to that. Um, what did we do for DA? The uh, the eleven eighteen, the the asylum eleven eighteen. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That, that that's been out. Those actually, I think we had ready. They started shipping before we even left TAA last year. Okay, so I have to get some of those. That means so. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might, yeah. So, uh, but you guys have used. I, I've noticed the way you guys have used the TAA. You've done it a couple of different ways. Sometimes you've used it to introduce a new line. Sometimes you've used it to introduce a new size. Uh, but you guys have gotten what I like. One thing that you guys have done about it is you've gotten creative with it. I remember when you, you did the box press of the Asylum Thirteen. So yeah. it, it seems like you guys have had some fun doing these t- and doing some, you know, in, more innovative stuff with it, which I, I can appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, it's just a great launching point. You know, the TAA is uh, a great group of retailers, and so uh, it, it it it's a kind of a great testing ground for how a product's going to do in the marketplace. And, and, you know, we hold it for 12 months and and, uh, if we see success with it, we launch it nationally after that. So it's a great kind of test to see where brands are at, whether it's by price or size or, uh, you know, the the box pressing or not box press, but uh, it's a great way for us just to kind of introduce something kind of get a feel for uh, what the response is to that product and then say, okay, yeah, let's, let's, let's move forward with it as a national release. Yeah. Yeah. Bear, what was your favorite uh, CLE Asylum TAA? I think we have the same answer on this. That's why I'm asking. Uh, I, the, I mean, the Asylum was, was my favorite. Uh, uh, I mean, (sighs) Nictophilia was mine. Yeah. Yeah, that was mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it, it, it was a kind of a toss up. Did yeah, the Nickfield was definitely was definitely my favorite. Yeah, that and the diadema, the row with diadema was the other one I really liked. It, it, it was spectacular. Yeah, I actually like the row of classes, uh, the diadema. Yeah, that was is that something we may see at some point. Because that was uh, a really special cigar, I thought. Yeah, we're actually making it in the first 20. Oh, okay. Uh, in in the in the uh, Maduro, okay. uh, it just supply it, again. It's one of those that yeah. just kind of comes in when they come in. Uh, but yeah, it's actually the the shops that love it really love it. Yeah. You know, they do very well with it. So uh, yeah, so we 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 made that an everyday cigar. Uh, good, good, okay, good. Available. That's great to hear. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I wouldn't be adverse if you did it in the Colorado. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's my cigar of the year. That's why one. That's my, you know, that's my. I smoke those still. You know, uh, one thing is I, I love when I pick a cigar of the year where I can keep buying it. So it's it's a great. I just love that Colorado. Oh, yeah, it's a great, yeah. great blend. Yeah, really. The uh, uh, the PC exclusive for a lot, you know last year being box press and and then then you guys went traditional Prejo this year. Um, which one was it? Which one was the favorite for you uh, on the asylum side? Did you like uh, it more in the box press or did you like it in the, the Prejo more? No, I, I, I like both of them. Um, you know, I went away from box pressing just because of the time it takes. Yeah. Um, again, production wise, you know, I, I just, I, <laughs> one day I came to the office, I said, Christian, you're not allowed to make any more box press. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, if you make another one, we will not sell it. <laughs> and it's just because it takes the way we do it. It takes an extra two to three weeks yeah. 
and, and you know, the, the, uh, 2021, uh, you know, we didn't even get the asylum ones out till after till 2022. Yeah, yeah, it was, well, it was, it was yeah, it was, so yeah. it was just too much. We couldn't box press them fast enough. And that's why I said, listen, we got to do things that, uh, make more sense for us. And if we can't box press them fast enough, then let's just make them round because yeah. I'd be at the factory and I'd see 10,000 cigars sitting there waiting to be pressed, but you know, it, that could have been sold if they were round, you know, the cigars no. were ready. That was such a great pivot, though, for you guys, you know, yeah. like you all wanted to do something special. It came out late. And I know that, that you know, like just candid, candidly, Tom, I mean, that was a that was, you know, that was a criticism of, uh, of us, too. It was like, wow, you know, like we've been we've been waiting to try these. And and uh, and, and you know, we, we knew logistics was a problem for everybody. It wasn't just limited to asylum and CLE for sure. Like so like but but I mean, what a pivot for you guys. Yeah. Like you said, you, you guys come to the show. You had just released 2021s a few months uh, earlier. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like 2022 is here and it's ready to go. It's ready to ship. I mean, that's a, that's a hell of an adjustment uh, to be able to take care of your people. And I, and yet, I mean, you guys, you guys deserve credit on that, you know? Yeah. Well, and we deserve uh, the ash chewing for, you know, uh, the year before. Right. So, um, you know, it just, unfortunately we couldn't get them out fast enough and, and uh, you know, but I actually, absolutely love that cigar the the asylum pca uh just a it's nice good. full body cigar I, I love to smoke it uh I, i'm out of them now so i gotta get some more sent sent up to my house but uh i i actually love the body of that cigar the flavor and uh i, I just think it's a great cigar very unique I, I cigar do. that asylum one was i i was a big fan of that asylum one very unique cigar. I don't think I, I smoked anything like that. It's just very different. Yeah, it was uh, a hybrid wrapper that we used uh, that we hadn't used on anything else yet. And uh, I, I just love the way it came out. I love the body, the strength. It, it just uh, went, you know, it wasn't overpowering, but still had the body and the strength to it. So, okay. No, it was, it was really good. In fact, like that cigar and the one that I'm smoking right now, the Meshugana, were you know, Tom, we're like just com, com complexity wise are, are two of the, I mean, aside from the seven, which I think is the best cigar you've ever done. Um, but they're two of the most unique flavors that I think you've ever done. Like the, the Meshuggah really has this really, really amazing retrohale of this sweet, I call it sweet condensed milk and marshmallow combined and mixing with the spices of the tobacco and stuff. It, it's fucking phenomenal i really enjoy it i'm i hope you guys figure out a, a way to kind of you know maybe change this maybe bring the blend to to a different vitola or something like that so that you guys could do something with it because i think it'd be really good Blue 60 eric yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, i have to smoke that one bear i'm gonna have to pull for one off you because or, or eric it's um, it's it's coming yeah so. Yeah, no, it's a, you know, it's a. I, I, I got it was taken a, care. Of. I love the name and everything too. Just coming from my dad's side of the family and all that. So, <laughs> uh, the Jewish side of family, we appreciated it. Uh, so, uh, it was a recent topic. Who came up with the name? Was it was it you or them? Or uh, no, that together? was uh, Eric. They they came up with the name. You know, we were kicking names around, and then they threw that one out at us. We said, "Okay, that's perfect." That's yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. No, it's a. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. All right, so what we'll do, Bears, we'll we'll do the 
before we get to the fun stuff, we'll do, oh, this is all fun, but uh, I want to do a few industry quick hits with Tom. All right, so we hit a couple of these already. So, uh, so Tom, just this is more general stuff right now. I want to just talk about you in the industry. And I think a lot of what we saw in 2022 is this pricing, uh, what's going on in the industry right now. Uh, obviously, costs are going up. That's leading to increases in prices. But the market seems to be being saturated with a lot of higher price cigars. And I just want to kind of take your temperature, see how do you see you've been doing this for, like I said, 21 years. Have you seen anything like this? And how do you think we navigate this in the next 12 months? Um, you know, I, I think, you know, obviously COVID uh, kind of changed people's spending habits, right? You're not yeah. going out. Uh, if you went to dinner four times a week, you're not going to dinner at all, right? So there was cash. People had money to to spend uh, in other avenues, you know? And so I think cigars were a way to do that. Um, you know, I, obviously higher price point cigars are, uh, are, are definitely here. Um, do I think, you know, we'll, we'll keep seeing that trend a little bit. I mean, when I go to the European markets, you know, they're asking me for more expensive cigars. It's really? Crazy. Wow. And, 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 um, and not that I want to make more expensive cigars. I, you know, I think as a company, um, we, we don't want to cannibalize ourselves, you know, uh, we, we, you know, we don't want to undercut ourselves and things like that. So, um, you know, we have a pretty broad portfolio, so, uh, to, to kind of keep coming out with new things is a, a little hard. So, uh, you know, we've got some great stuff in the works and some new stuff, uh, hopefully some new tobaccos that we're coming up with and things like that. So, uh, to kind of give something new to the market and, um, Price point wise, though, uh, you know, I, I think we're, we're, we're seeing a trend downward right now in price points in the U.S. market. I think inflation uh, is starting to peak its head into our world a, a little bit. But, you know, the reality is the cost of tobacco, the cost of shipping. Uh, I think our average cost per cigar went up uh, 58 cents a cigar last year. Um, and we did a 15 cent price increase. So, you know, uh, we, we ate that and, and that's okay. You know, we, we, you know, for us, we're not going to look at it and go, oh, we got to get it all back in one false swoop. Uh, we let the markets kind of swing the way they swing and, and move forward. Uh, but yeah, the cost of tobacco is, is definitely higher. So I think, you know, for us, we're looking at growing more of our own tobacco to keep our costs down. Uh, to make sure our prices can stay competitive and not uh, price ourselves out of the market. Yeah, you guys have done some things I think really smart about that. Um, like one thing is the the uh, the uh, camera uh, that you guys are using from the farm. Yeah. I think that's a that's a big game changer that we're seeing. You know, uh, Honduras can grow a Cameroon wrapper and do it very well. Yeah, that, I mean that's what I'm smoking now. I got the Aroa. Uh, PCA 2022, yep. which is yep. the hi hi hybrid Cameroon. Yep. And yeah, uh, yeah it's, uh, you know, we, we got to be creative, you know, and yeah. how we're doing things. And, uh, you know, penny pennies add up pretty quick, you know, when you're talking about millions of cigars. So, yeah. And, and I think the nice thing that you guys have is let's say there is someone who is smoking a 70 ring gauge cigar and maybe their, their budget's not going to, um, 
accommodate that anymore, right? Maybe they have, they got to scale back. But you know, you guys are very competitively priced. First of all, you're very competitively priced with that size. But you know what? If you go down to a sixty, you know, you can still stay in there. Maybe save a few cents and get a very good cigar that way too. So I think you guys have things that you can pivot in the portfolio, which which is impressive to me. Yeah, I mean, we're a, it's a cycle, right? I mean, we go through good times, bad times, and uh, you know, we we will survive the cycle of uh, you know they, they keep talking about recession for next year more and more, and and um, you know, our industry still tends to people tend to smoke during bad times, and uh, you know, they might go down, you know, they might go to eight dollars cigars instead of twelve dollars cigars, and we we have something in that too, so we we can be competitive. Uh, Wherever it goes. I know people who like when they're on unemployment, they actually say their smoking consumption goes up. Yeah. I mean, seriously, uh, so, you know, it's, it's go figure that. Yeah. Because they want to have something to, to enjoy while they have <laughs> some downtime. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's their light. Uh, you know, yeah, listen, they, they got to find their pleasure somehow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, Look, uh, yeah. Yeah. So al- alcohol and smoking tend to go up in right. uh, rougher yeah. times. Yeah, and I know the guy says, "Well, I'm not going to buy twenty dollars cigars, but you know what? There's plenty of good cigars that are at a reasonable price point that are, you know, can compete with those cigars." And so, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think you know, and you guys, like I said, you guys, I think you guys, with the way your portfolio, the pricing model, I think is is really perfect for everybody's in, in there. So I, I I think you guys will do well with that. I think you guys will weather if there's an economy thing. You guys, I think, will weather it well. You know. So I'm, I'm, I'm banking on you guys. Yeah, I think yeah, we'll, we'll be all right. We'll be by all the right. Way, Dojo, that's a buy, by the way, on the next show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, um, you hit the supply chain issues, right? So you guys have definitely mitigated a lot of the supply chain stuff, it sounds like. And, you know, now you got the box factory. That's got to be a big bit. You guys always had a box factory, but now you have a bigger one, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we just invested, uh, some pretty good coin into uh, some new equipment to, to do boxes. Uh, and you'll see some changes next year, uh, kind of streamlining things, especially in the asylum side. Won't talk too much about it now, but you should probably see that in uh, uh, end of February, beginning yep. of March. You'll see some changes there. Um, again, just trying to streamline things uh, throughout the world, right? You know, our, our, we got different box sizes for Europe than we do with the U.S. and things like that. So we're, we're going to kind of streamline everything and, and uh, get so the factory side runs much smoother. Yeah, that's true. Was Let me ask you a question. Has the factory been renamed? Is uh, it, no, it hasn't been because re- was it the Aladino factory at one point? Is it still the Aladino factory? It, it, it is. It is. Okay. The, 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 Christian's dad and who's those stole their name. Okay. <laughs> I know. Someone told me it was changed to CLE factory. I said, I hadn't heard that. <laughs> no, it, it's still the Aladino factory. <laughs> but he, okay. They, they use the name because Christian's dad doesn't care, right? He's just yeah, like, right, right, ah, right. Yeah. You don't have a name on a cigar, but it's the name of our factory. You know, it caused <laughs> a little market confusion. But, yeah. uh, you know, you know, Christian's dad is is, is funny in that way. He, he, you know, he doesn't enter the market, right? So he doesn't see, he doesn't, uh, he just does what he does, man. And and he's earned that right. You yeah. know, he's, he's 85, I think now, 85 or 86. God bless him, man. And yeah. still up every day. And, and he's amazing, man. To, oh, I've, to... I've been down there and, and I could not keep up with the man's energy. Uh, yeah. He was, he was up, he's up at 530 in the morning watching Fox News and then he's out running around everywhere. 
Yeah, so you know yeah. he's going to do what he does, and yeah. uh, we, we roll with it, and, and uh, you know, but you know, he, he's been a great mentor, and you know, uh, you know, again, I've, I've been working with the family for 19 years, yeah, and pr- pretty amazing. Yeah, and a lot of people may forget, but you guys actually launched Aladino. That was actually before they split it off. You, you know, that was something that started out under the CLE umbrella. So yeah, it was a yeah. couple of years, to two, yeah. three years before they launched their product. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the trade show when those came out. So uh, yeah, it's uh, but people for, may forget that, you know, just, but yeah, 2015, I remember that. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of trade shows, this was the last one I had. Let's bear. You have any others? Um, Thoughts on the trade show? You know, it's been talked about. You know, there's been the ups and downs. How do you think the direction of the trade show is going right now? Listen, I, I think the PCA staff's doing a great job. Uh, you know, I, I think Scott is is very transparent yeah. on what they're doing. Uh, you know, Christian's on the board of the PCA, yeah. um, and, and and I think they're doing good things. I, I, I mean, you know, we, we got to deal with the cards that are dealt to us. You know, uh, I know they'd like to move from Vegas, but people like Vegas and, and just it's expensive there. And, and, and but, you know, listen, I love the trade shows. Um, you know, we can all sit back and play armchair quarterback and, and say we could do it better, you know, uh, but I, I think they do a great job. I think Scott and his team uh, have done a good job yeah. of get, being more transparent with PCA, how the money's being spent and the things they're doing to, uh, c- you know, keep combating FDA and the lawsuits and whatever we're going through at the time. Uh, so, you know, I, I love those guys over there. Um, they've done a great job, Josh and, and the rest of the guys there, uh, work hard every day. And so, you know, I, I like the direction of the show. I think, you know, every year we do better and better. So, you know, I, I can't complain. No, I agree. I agree. I think our assessment of anything we did, like you said, anything we said maybe that wasn't positive was Monday morning quarterbacking. We felt everything was trending right this year um, for a trade show. So I think it's good to see the PCA trade show kind of getting back um, after a couple of rough, rough spots. So yeah. I, I, I think we, our team agreed with that, that assessment. Well, as well, you know, we're learning to adjust without the big guys there, yep. you know, and yep. uh, listen, thank you. Yep. Don't come. You know what I mean? <laughs> better, better for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, if they're there, good. If they're not there, good. You know, it's the people who want to be a part of this and, and participate are what makes our industry. And, and uh, you know, if people don't, it's for their reasons. They they have them. And uh, I can agree if, uh, or disagree with their reasons. Doesn't matter. It's their company. And, uh, you know, you, you wish as an industry, everyone would be together more, but uh, we're not. So we, we deal with uh, what we have and we make the best of everything we can do. And so, you know, if they're there, good. If they're not there, you know, all right, okay. You know, we're, we'll, we'll be okay. And, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, for me as a company, um, it moves us up the chain, you know, sure, so sure, uh, sure. I, I'm okay with it. Oh, good job. Good job on that. Okay. Bear. Um, you want to ready to hit some of this other stuff? Yeah, just real quick, I wanted to check on uh, the uh, pandemonium. Um, How's it smoking for you, man? Fantastic. Great combustion, uh, but the flavor is the most important thing. I love the flavors on this thing. Uh, Just the right amount of spice. I feel like I'm really – I really connect with tobacco with this cigar is the best way for it. I feel like I'm smoking a cigar. 
Um, and what I love about these is they don't run out of gas, but just the right spice level for me. Uh, it really kind of hits all the uh, the sensors on the tongue. So if you swirl that smoke around, you, you're just going to you'll pick up even some of those umani flavors, believe it or not, that I, I pick up on this. Uh, it, it's a, it, I think it's one of the underrated cigars you guys have, Tom, the pandemonium. Yeah, thank you. I, I know people shy away because it's eight and a half inches long and we do it in, you know, 52 is the smallest. We do a 60 and 70. Yep. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's one of those cigars that, uh, you know, I, I love the body of it. I, I like the richness of it. it. It's got spice, but it almost coats your mouth in, 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 in some kind of cocoa notes and, yep, and the cocoa like that. Yep. And so you, you know, it, it just, but it really coats your mouth. The the smoke sticks. That's in where your I was mouth going with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I like that too in the cigar. So, um, yeah, I think it's a great cigar. Yeah. No, like I said, what I like about it is like, you know, I get into the six to seven inch range and it's still delivering for me. So, uh, so yeah, I, uh, it's like I said, one, it's, I think it's a definite underrated cigar you guys got for sure. Now this one's still but continued, I, right? You didn't discontinue this one, right? No, sir. No, sir. Good. good. Okay. Good. Good. Okay. Good. Okay. I, I always said the pandemonium. I, I enjoyed that blend too. I, what I really like about it or what I compared it to is like, it was a really, really long lasting cup of espresso. Yeah. Espresso is normally shot like short, like it's, it's really well balanced. I get a lot of espresso notes as yeah. opposed to like the earthier coffee. Now this is a very yeah. rich, darker roast coffee. Uh, of course, get the pepper spice, but it's kind of balanced with this really nice, unique citrus too, yeah. that I really enjoy. Um, I really like that blend. Um, yeah. I think it's, it, it, like you said, it's a commitment. Um, hell, if I could do that, I could fucking do the nine. I don't know why I was complaining about the nine, but. Um, the eight but by 70 is a real commitment, by the way. I've done the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, but it's such, yeah, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a stellar, yeah. well done blend. Yeah. So I wanted to, I like doing this to him, Tom. So I wanted to ask if, uh, if you could, if you disagree with this coop, agree or if you want to amplify upon a previous statement of yours okay as for as for myself this is quote as for myself while an eight and a half inch cigar is going to take a commitment to smoke it's a commitment i'd be willing to smoke again with this cigar it's certainly one that i would recommend to any cigar enthusiast to buy one and smoke it's also one where i where where some age wouldn't detract from the cigar experience this was uh, written by Mr. William Cooper on his original review of the pandemonium, which was in June of 2020. Yep. So uh, you gave you gave it an 89, which is, is a very good still, score. Very good score. A very good score. Is yep. it is it still there? Is it trending upward? Is it trending downward? Is it staying the same? Well, I bought this today, right? To be honest with you, because I wanted to smoke it, but I think it's been in the store for a little while. So I mean, I don't think it was just freshly brought into the store. So I think. The answer is I agree with it, and I think age does very well with this cigar because I smoked enough of these. I absolutely agree with it, uh, my statement. I stand by it. Good stuff. Yep. I, I like I, doing I, that to him occasionally, Tom. It's funny. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, I only there was yeah, there was one I think you put me on the spot with once. I come trying to remember, but no, this it, was one, the Perdo- I, it was the Perdomo golf. That fucking review was like 10 years old. Man. Yeah, no, 10 years old. Like, I yeah. like, what, what are you talking about? Like uh, that was a terrible the review was good score, but it was a terribly written review. So I was like, <laughs> oh, I don't even want to read those early reviews. So uh, all, right. all right. So Tom, we're gonna do three more things with you. There's two you segments. Now, this one is more for bear, but you can play along with this, okay? And this is our 
U.S. president's trivia segment. OK, and what we do with this segment is we try to stump bear because the question may be too hard for you, but you can feel free to participate in this. OK, and uh, the segment is sponsored by United Cigars, uh, makers of uh, La Giana Havana. And distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron, and Alfonso line by United, Smoke United, Live United. And also collaborators with the folks at CLE. So, yeah, that's why I'm smoking now. I'm yep, the, yeah, absolutely. I lit up so, the... so, so this is so this is where I try. Bear is like a, a, a president's expert. Okay. Yeah. So, so Bear, I'm going to, I'm going to read. There's a question. I'm going to get Bear. So, Bear, before you say I, I'm, I'm tricking you. Okay. Let me read the question <laughs> and I want you to, to just kind okay. of answer. So, you know that we have currency in this country and on the currency, <laughs> typically we see the president. We just talked. We just talked about inflation. Yes, we have currency in this country. Uh, all right. Well, we have on a lot of the paper currency. We have presidents on that currency. Correct. Now, Tom, did you know that there are five denominations that have been taken out of circulation uh, over the last like 40 to 50 years? I, I had no idea. OK, so there are. OK, there is a five hundred dollar bill, a one thousand dollar bill. A five thousand dollar bill, a ten thousand dollar bill, and there's even a hundred thousand dollar bill that was not put into circulation, but it was used yeah. between the mints. Yeah. Okay. So bear. So I the want gold you to, standard note. Yeah, the gold standard note. I want you to name the presidents on each of these. Okay. Well, there, there's not the presidents. And then, and then, all and then, of them, yeah, and if there's not a president, you don't have to say who it is, but it's bonus points. But you guys just say it's not a president on it. Okay. Okay. So, so all right, ready? Let's go five hundred dollars. Can we go out of order? Because I want to talk about five thousand. Uh, what? How do you want me to do it? You want okay. me to do five thousand first? Yeah, let's go five thousand because I want to talk about five thousand, and okay. and then I, we and then you can start over from five right. to five hundred. All right, let's go five thousand. The five thousand dollar bill. Who is on the five thousand dollar bill? Okay, so this is a this is a travesty of history, okay? Because I think that he this is the president that gets left off of Mount Rushmore, right? But I still think today, like like. Like he, uh, along with Franklin Delano Roosevelt, is probably one of the you know one of the greatest presidents that we've ever had. Shaped this country into what it is from the very beginning, and he was also the shortest president we've ever had. It was James Madison that was on the five thousand dollar bill. Correct. And the fact that he, the fact that he is not on an actual currency to this day is still something that just blows my mind. But. Um, uh, but yeah, so five thousand. I'm a big fan of James Madison. So that and and um, there was a there was a series of of these bills too that we're going to talk about too that was released around World War One or post World War One, uh, which is when they went into circulation. So, um, but they were actually taken all. They were all taken out in in 1969. I know that for a fact. Yep, yep. And so, in fact, I I am in possession of the five hundred dollar bill by the way from my grandfather. Oh so wow! I, I have one. Yes, it's in a safety deposit box though. So. Okay. I don't know what it's worth, but it's worth more than five hundred. I've been told so, but I don't think it's worth like a thousand either, as I've been told. So. <laughs> so. All right, so let's go to a five hundred dollar bill, Bear. Well, there are actually two five hundred dollar bills. Okay. Uh, one has one has a president, and one does not. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, true. So, oh God, I, I. But here's the shitty part, Lane. Is I always is I is I always switch the thousand dollar bill and the five hundred dollar bill. Oh God, I don't want to fuck this up. Um, okay. <sighs> Fuck it. All right. 500. Okay. So I know the non-president is John Marshall on the five, on the $500 bill, but uh -huh. they, they had a $500 bill that did have a president. And I believe I'm, I'm pretty sure it was William McKinley. Correct. 
Okay. Bingo. You got that one. Okay. Right. So then I know the thousand dollar bill because these are the ones that I always slip flop. The thousand dollar bill was Grover Cleveland. Correct. And but there was another thousand dollar bill. So here's this. So here's a, you can look. You can look up this. This is kind of cool because the same picture that you see on your ten dollar bill, which is Alexander Hamilton, was on the other was on the original thousand dollar bill. Yep. That they issued around World War One. And it's the same fucking it's the same fucking portrait, which is like weird. Um, so that's so that's pretty cool. Um, but um, I wanted to oh, there was one thing I wanted to digress on to the 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 uh, the back of the James Madison five thousand dollar bill is actually a portrait of Washington uh, uh, resigning his commission in the Continental Army after the Revolutionary War. Um Wow. concluded so that's wow. a pretty cool piece of history good job uh, there yeah yep good job all right you got two more the ten thousand dollar bill uh the ten thousand dollar bill is not a president correct do you know who it was um, that's bonus by the way yes i do because he he served un, under my man lincoln dude it's salmon p chase correct it was his treasury it was the secretary correct. of the treasury damn i can't stump you with this one no <laughs> i know and i know he's gonna get the last one the hundred thousand dollar bill i know he's gonna get yeah. this one. Oh, uh, that's the that's the professor man that's the college professor that's woodrow wilson bingo standard. dude i don't know how you do it man that is a great <laughs> job he just is Rain Man when it comes to the president's time. Yeah, I knew none of those. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't know him either. I, I, I knew flip flopped a thousand. I, I man, I thought fuck it. I thought it was, I, I knew McKinley. That was it. I, I, I knew missed, the hundred thousand dollar bill because I just googled it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, that never even made it into circulation. They just used it like uh, as a what was between mints, right? Right. The Federal right. Reserve Bank. Federal, so Federal Reserve banks. Yeah, yeah. So that one. So yep, Bear. Good job with that. Uh, so you are now you've now moved to 11 and two. Uh, he's gotten 11. And these are tough questions I've thrown at him, Tom. They're not softball. That's, so. uh, that's division winner 11 and two. Exactly. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. You, you take that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the John, Mar- the John Marshall on the $500 bill, like the original printing of the $500 bill is a weird choice. Like it was, like, I don't know. It was a really, that's a really, it was a really yeah. strange choice. Yeah. But my um, grandpa, my grandfather gave me the $500 bill, like in the seventies. And they were already out of circulation, and it's it's still in my. So you have you have the McKinley though. You have I have the, the McKinley. McKinley one. I have the okay. McKinley one. Yeah, because I, I was gonna say the John Marshall is probably worth more than the McKinley one. It, oh, I would say it definitely is. Yeah, I say it would definitely. Is. And there's a whole interesting, uh, like there are people who look for these bills, and there are people like who look for errors on these bills. Like there are misprints that happens on the not as much now as they used to happen, but there's some crazy misprints out there that people find and collect. So I think there's one like where the $20 bill has like a $50 back or something like that. It's crazy stuff. But now they don't have that problem as much anymore. Yeah, I, I have a uh, I have a $50 bill with Jackson on it. Yeah. Oop, it says total, that the, total, you, total misprint. You, you have a John Marshall? Is that no, what I, have have? The Ken, I have the McKinley. Here's the McKinley. Ah, OK. okay. No, I don't have that. Yeah, I don't have the John Marshall. I think worth a lot more. Yeah. And in and, and extremely fine condition. Twenty-two thousand to thirty thousand. Yeah, my my five hundred is not in great condition, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you that because I was a kid when I had it. Yeah, so uh, and then my parents took it away from me. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. All right, so that was our presidential trivia segment brought to you by United Cigars. Now, Tom, this is the next segment is a new one we're going to be debuting. 
on a Thursday show, but I wanted to bring it on tonight because I'm trying it out. Uh, and this one is for you, okay? Because you're, uh, you're, right. you're in this question sort of, okay? This is called The Ties That Bind. And this is going to be a new segment from Tobacco Lawyer USA. Um, we're going to be running. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to name three things, okay? Yeah. And you got to tell me what all three of these things have in common. That's the ties that bind. So there's a common yeah. thing. Now, it may be when I give it to you, I may say, yes, but you, you're either not what I'm looking for or you need to be more specific. So I'll give you three guesses to kind of get it. All right. But I want to say, Bear says he's stumped by this one. I want to see if you get it. Okay. All right. I have two answers for it, but they're both wrong. I bet you get this right, Bear. Okay. So the three things are Oscar Valadares Tobacco and Company, CLE and Asylum Cigars, and the La Polina Goldie. But I realize I have an error with this question now. Well, I just realized I have a slight error with the question. So, but I think I got it. Well, no, I'm, I don't have I'm an error. Not it's right. Sure, who makes the La Polina Goldie? But the first thing I would say L it's, is it's El Tito de Bronze. It is. Okay. Okay. So, because I, I thought my, the same thing, I was like, "Oh, yeah. they're no, all." No, no, I think they're all correct. My, I'm, I make this because I've asked this question. If I ask this question in a few weeks, it'll be wrong. So that's why it's correct now. So yeah. So it's it's Oscar Valadares Tobacco Company, CLE and Asylum Cigars is the second, and La Polina Goldie is the third. Uh, what binds them all together? Oof. Not quite the answer I was looking for, though. Well, you didn't answer it yet. Yeah, no, yeah, oof, it was not my answer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, my first thought was Honduras and tobacco, uh, but I, I don't know what's in the La Polina Goldie, and I don't know if El Titan de Bronze is, uses Honduran tobacco. There, there, there is not the answer, but I don't think they use Honduran in the Goldie. Yeah, I don't think so either. You know, it's Dominican Nicaraguan, and they have an Ecuadorian wrapper. Yeah. yeah. I thought about two that are, too, Tom. So two are companies, <laughs> and one is a cigar. So that's yeah. a, it's... Wow, 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 wow. I think wow. I've got it, but there is a really cool ties that binds on all three of these things, too. By okay, the way. I know you'll have another one, but yeah, that's okay. Give Tom, give Tom another shot. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think of... Uh, And our audience could give the answer too in the chat if they want to. Wow. I have no idea. I, I really, okay. I'm trying to think of Oscar. You know, he's always been in Honduras, so I don't think he's had anything yeah. to do with uh, El Titan de Bronze. No, uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So. What ties them together? Have y'all? Because that was what I was thinking originally too, and what? I was like, recommending. Yeah, no, no, no. okay. Remember, two companies so. and one's a cigar. So that's, yeah. that's where this gets that, a little that's, tricky. That's the key. Okay. Yeah. Actually, three are companies and one is well. You want to say brands or whatever? Yeah. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think if there's somebody specific a person that ties them together but I don't, I don't know if there's any one person that could tie those three brands together mm. 
you got. I, I think I'm stumped. I, I, okay. I wanted to think Rocky, uh, Oscar doing tours with Rocky beforehand. I know. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. Okay, Bear, what was your guess? Because someone has okay. got it. Okay, so my I haven't looked at the chat. So yeah, my my educated answer is I have two that are educated. But we'll go with this one. They all debuted at the same IPCPR trade show. Very close. Very close. You're so very close. Um, or the same year, the same year, the same calendar year. Yes. But I can't say Oscar. I can't comment on Oscar. So the answer is in the chat. Uh, Ed Ryan got the answer correct. Oh, well, Ed's, Ed's, Ed. a, Ed's a fucking insider. That's bullshit. Um, he's, he's probably right. He's probably ripped all. They've all been associated with baseball teams, too. And so like Tom, Tom had a lounge in Detroit. Yeah. Oscar works with Houston and and Paley did some did some stuff with uh, both uh, uh, both of the Chicago teams, because that's where his family settled. Yeah. And he did stuff in New York, too. Um Jay was close with the answer, but I'm not sure I could I could say that was the right answer. But 10 year anniversaries for all three in 2022. So I, I so I hit it in a non in a non in in a roundabout way. You kind of hit, it's but I don't know when Oscars debuted. I don't I can't say he was at that 2012 trade show. Okay. Yeah, you were Fair close. Enough. That's why I said you were right on. But they they yeah, all ten, celebrated ten the, they all celebrated 10 year anniversary. That's a pretty yeah. I was thinking tissue paper too. Oh, they yeah. all use they all use tissue paper, not as predominantly as uh, as CLE and Asylum, yeah. but like the the Goldies are always covered in tissue, and uh, and and Oscar uses tissue paper on on a few of his releases, like the uh, the Superfly Connecticut, for example. Yeah. Oh, all right. So good, guys, good, good. You guys did good. Well, I thought it was an easier question, but now when you guys thought about it, it was a little it was a little tougher. Well, Why here's not? a here's a fun cool to tie the bunny. Ready for this? They're all bear firsts. Oscar was the very first booth I ever went to at an IPCPR trade show. <laughs> oh, yeah. The CLE Asylum booth was the first booth I ever covered solo, and Bill Paley was the first person I ever sat down at an IPCPR trade show and interviewed. Despite when Cigar Dave tried to interrupt the interview, right? I know. <laughs> so, they were all bare. They were all bare first. They were all bare first. <laughs> uh, good, good job, everyone. So that was uh, our ties that bind segment. We're gonna be doing that more on Thursdays, uh, and we'll have some fun with guests doing that. But we wanted, to, I wanted to kind of, I've been testing it out a little more and just seeing where I want to go with this, how hard or easy. So appreciate you guys being the guinea pigs here. Yeah, no problem. All yeah, right. I went to tobacco route too initially, Tom, and I was like, because I was, I was, I was, I was like, oh, that's easy, Hunter and tobacco. I was like, yeah. wait, never mind. hold on, damn it. Yep. yep. Uh, good one, good one, good one, guys. All right, so we'll wrap up with Tom. We're gonna wrap up with Tom, and we wouldn't be having a Tom Lazuka show if we didn't talk some Michigan sports here. There we go. So boys. let's let's start with the positives, okay? Yeah. All right, so Tom, I am gonna, I am not gonna jinx you. But Michigan Wolverines are are in this thing. Uh, what's your outlook? I don't want to make a prediction uh, and jinx it here. That's why. No, I I, I think uh, the outlook is I think we'll we'll handle TCU. I, I I think Georgia's going to have no problem handling Ohio State. I, I uh, Ohio State offensively is a good team, but defensively I don't think they're going to have any answers. They they don't have answers for us. They're not going to have them for Georgia. 
Uh, but I do think it will be a very, very good national championship game. I, I am going to be a homer. I'm going to take Michigan over Georgia. It's hard to beat somebody twice, two years in a row. Uh, we were a younger team last year, uh, but I think we're, we're a better team defensively and offensively this year. So I think we'll be uh, uh, in better shape. Georgia had to replace a lot. Uh, but again, they had a lot of talent. So I'm, I'm going to take the Wolverines in uh, the national championship game, uh, 35-27. Nice. Good job. Wow. Does does Harbaugh stay there after this year? 100%. He's going he, doesn't go, he doesn't take the Denver money. The Denver money goes out there? No, Denver money's uh, great, but he, he, he I, I think he's really found – uh, kind of his niche now. It took him a little while at Michigan to kind of get into that groove and get back to old school smash mouth football. And uh, I love the new playoff going to 12 teams and the, the higher seeds having home games. I, I, I want to see a team like Miami come play in Michigan stadium in, uh, in January or December. And uh, you know, where you, you you're going to need to have, a smash mouth offensive line and, and, and good running backs. And uh, I, I think Michigan uh, will miss Blake Corum, but I actually love Donovan Edwards, our number two running back. Uh, he's a local kid right here from where I live in West, in West Bloomfield area. And uh, he, he, he just, he's a great back, catches the ball, runs well. So uh, it's exciting, but uh, I think Michigan is uh you know, uh, again, they can't sleep on TCU. I think TCU has some speed, but I, I don't think they can stop us on offense. And uh, I, I think our defense is very good. So you and Barry, you have a bet going here? Because uh... no, we don't. Uh, no, no, but we, we, we <laughs> could make I, I... one. Because <laughs> Barry's a TCU guy. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, I mean. I, I, well, the, 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 the truth of it, it's, it's hilarious. The truth of it, you know, I don't want to get too much into it. The truth of it is I've, I, and Coop knows this, I boycotted the season for the TC Horn Frogs. I didn't like the way that they, uh, they handled oh, terrible this, job, the, terrible job, the dismissal of, uh, of their former coach and, and, yeah. and program icon, Gary Patterson. So um, I actually have not watched a game this entire season. Um, I am a, I'm loyal to my, I'm loyal to my, uh, uh, where I attended college. Um and uh, I think the program's stellar, and and I I love I love the Max Dugan story. I, I think you know that's it's that's a kid you want to root for. But j just to keep this on subject with Tom, though, um, I really I'm I hope he's right about our Harbaugh because I I I always thought he he got a ter speaking of terrible dismissals, he got a complete. Uh, I mean, he was com he got a complete snow job getting kicked out of the NFL the way he did. Uh, and I'm glad he found a home. I mean, they always say you can't go home again. Uh, and, and, and as Jim Harbaugh has always done, he, he, uh, he continues to prove people wrong. And, uh, and I think he's done a fantastic job. If he would have stayed at San Francisco, I think you would have been talking about multiple Super Bowl wins with that team. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, like, I was hoping he would always get another chance in the pros. Yeah. Um, uh, frankly, I wouldn't have minded if he coached the Packers, but, um, the, that that, I mean, that being said, I think that, yeah, we'd have to pay him. Um, I, that being said, I think I, I hope I hope Tom's right, because I think he yeah. I think he has found a great place there. And it, and it's it's a it's a program, you know, whether you're a fan of Michigan or not, like it's a program that needs to be relevant. It deserves to be relevant. And 
and it's it's fantastic what he's done the last couple of years and it's great that they're in it and i and uh, i mean i definitely could see it in the national champ uh, them in the national championship and i i think they i think if there's a team that's going to beat georgia this year i think it is michigan yeah he's so, built a pro he's built a powerhouse program there tom it's an elite program now for sure and uh if they don't get it done this year it will he will get the job done there i believe yeah, but, they, they got a lot of guys coming back next year. But, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, they're, they're going to try and put a lot of pressure on on McCarthy. I think he showed up in the Ohio State game that he can uh, throw the deep ball. I, I think he had a, a little struggle the, early in the year with the shoulder uh, coming off of surgery. I think he, he was just putting too much on the ball. and uh, But he seemed to kind of find his touch when Ohio State t- tried to take the run away. We just threw it over the top of them and uh, – you know, again, that, that it was a good football game. You know, a lot of people, we won by three touchdowns, but, you know, the reality is it was, uh, you know, I, I mean, we shut them down in the second half. I yep. mean, we took control of the game and took the line of scrimmage and, and rammed the ball down their throat, running the ball, and they couldn't stop it. So, uh, you know, I think Michigan, again, Georgia has a lot of speed. I, I think, uh, you know, people I think are a little surprised. Michigan is actually a better defensive team this year than last year. I, I think the big 10 is not as strong either. Their non-conference was weak. So they didn't really get tested until the end of the year when they, you know, played Penn state and uh, obviously Ohio state at Ohio state. And, but I think they're, uh, you know, I, I think they'll be much better prepared this year than last year. And, and uh, there hasn't been a better team in the country at making second half adjustments. I think the coordinators, offenses and defense have, <laughs> made great uh they they start a little slow but they they really make good adjustments in the second half and they just don't give up points in the second half very few yeah um so this but is- i'll be as i'll be a sport tom i mean if you want to make a bet i'll i'll, I'll go with you yeah what no you man no 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 if you're down on tcu this year but we we, we don't got a bet let's just enjoy the game there you go totally good, totally you good. Go. so tom let me this is kind of a related question i've never asked you this but so let's say for some reason, okay, Michigan State and the Spartans are doing really well. Are you do you get behind Michigan State as well or, or are they the not enemy? at all? Okay, so they're the enemy. Can't stand Michigan State. Okay, so they're the enemy. Okay. Yeah. Um, yep, yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. number two behind Ohio State. Okay. Yep. It's still it, it, I find that a very interesting. You guys have really two rivals like that, which is really interesting. Uh but yeah, that's a that's a um yeah, I was just always wondering that because I do know some people who are Michigan people that will maybe they didn't go to the school. They don't have affiliation and they just stand behind whoever is in the state performing. So where, yeah, where does Notre Dame fall? Where does Notre Dame fall in that enemy list? Number three. Number three. Yeah, OK. <laughs> Can't stay in Notre Dame so. either. <laughs> I figured they'd be pretty high. Yeah. 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 They're number three. Like, Listen, I vote for Michigan State once a year when they play Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. The, the, the lesser of two evils. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, let's go to pro sports because this is a rougher one we're going to hit here, unfortunately. Uh, Tom, I got to just say this. So <laughs> at the start of the season, yeah. okay, I said in the baseball season that the Detroit Tigers would make the playoffs over the Yankees. Boy, was I wrong. Yeah. I what, what would I, I think? What is it? Well, is there any hope for the Tigers? I mean. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think. You know, the way they ended the prior season, uh, there, there's a lot of hope. They had some good young players that Riley Green had actually came up and did really well. Spencer Torkelson, uh, he, he struggled. 
and they sent him down, brought him back up. But, I, I, you know, I think he'll find his way. But look, Detroit, I mean, the, the start of the season was a disaster because uh, within the first month, all five of their starting pitchers were on the IR. Yeah. I mean, you know, they had uh, such a rotation, uh, you know, everybody got hurt. And so they, they, they really struggled. I mean, I thought they had some better pieces and, and it just didn't work out. Uh, but, you know, I think you'll see a better showing out of them this year. I mean, it was just tough. I mean, you can't win when your top five pitchers are out. I mean, yeah. it's just not going to happen at the major league level. And, and, uh, so we'll see, I, I think they'll perform a little better next year, uh, and maybe be a playoff team, but we'll, we'll see. I, you know, I know they've made quite a few additions in the off season. I haven't paid a whole lot of attention, uh, to, to off season baseball right now. Cause I'm a little wrapped up in the football, but, uh, you know, uh, other, other than the, uh, New York Mets, uh, having, uh, pr- probably uh, a higher luxury tax at 110 million than like 10 teams total payroll next year. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, th- I think that's a little odd, uh, but uh, we'll see what the, yeah, the Tigers were a big disappointment this year for sure. I think the expectation was way higher, but I, don't, I just don't think there's any way to overcome, you know, your yeah. five starting pitchers uh, going on the IR uh, two or three of them out for the season. There's just no way to overcome that in baseball. Yeah. I mean, they looked so promising at the end of 2021, which is why I went with that prediction. Like they finished strong in 2021. Yeah. And I would agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah. You know? And I thought the Yankees uh, were on a downswing and I'm like, you know, what? I think they could steal that playoff spot this year. They did. Obviously I was wrong, but we'll see what happens next year. Yeah. 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 Yep. All right. Um, so let me, let's get to football. And I want to just kind of say something about this. Okay. Um, <laughs> you mentioned Miguel Chaudel. Yeah. And I think there's two guys who are sports fans that I really want their teams to do well. It's Miguel and you. Okay. So I yeah. want your teams to do well this year. <laughs> uh, like, and I think bear in our baseball chat, we all kind of root for Miguel's teams, like in that baseball chat we have yeah. going on. But uh, you know, I think we all would love to see the line. I mean, I, I remember the last lions playoff win. I remember where I was and I remember they beat. The- the only playoff win in the Super Bowl era? Is that the one you're talking about? The, the one that was the, before my before my 30-year-old daughter was born, okay? Yeah, uh, yeah, believe me. Oh I, I know the pain of one playoff win in my entire life. <laughs> it, it was one of the greatest days when, when they beat the Cowboys. Yeah, the Wayne, yeah. Wayne Fonts. Uh, the Wayne Fonts. Yeah. But, all right, Tom, you guys are close this year. It, it, it's turned out well. Uh, uh, I'd say hold out hope. I'm going to tell you, hold out hope. It's not over. And you guys have shown some promise this year. Yeah, listen, they got to finish the season. Um, you know, the last week's performance uh, in Charlotte wasn't such a good showing and kind of showed some glaring holes in their defense, which I think linebacker, they're very weak at. Uh, so uh, offensively, they struggled. I mean, you know, the the – Carolina came out like a playoff, like it was life or death and they, and they performed better. Yeah. But I, I, I think Campbell is on the right track. I do too. Uh, I do too. Super physical, you know, they, 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 nobody likes playing the lions and, and if they can get into that That's last true. spot, I don't think anyone's going to really like having to face that team. Cause offensively their offensive lines. Good. They're, I think the, receivers are healthy now they they got Jameis Williams they they haven't really found how to get them involved in the offense quite yet but uh you know once they figure that out with with, with Shark and and 
St. Brown, I mean, offensively, I think they're, 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 they're they've got good running backs with Swift and, and, and Williams. So, uh, you know, and, and Goff hasn't turned the ball over, you know, he's been, he's been in, in a good week. so yeah. crazy, man. It's he's so de- crazy. I think they've developed Goff a bit this year. I, I do. I think he's kind of coming to his own this year. Yeah. So, you know, I think, listen, we got a lot, there's a lot of positives. I, you know, I, I think they put themselves behind the eight ball this week and, uh, it's going to be tough for him to, to, to get into the playoffs now, but, uh, you know, you never know. They got to finish the season and everyone's got to play their games and we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, I, like, I agree. I know injuries have played a factor into this, and, and Tom, and I know you're a fan, but I mean, if if I told you at the beginning of the season that Goff would have a better year than Stafford, would would you have would you have believed it? Uh then Stafford probably not. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, obviously the injuries to Cup and 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 that team, uh, they're they've had their issues, but, you know, I appreciate their issues because we've got their first round draft pick this year. So, uh, I need Baker, Baker Mayfield to keep playing like he's in, uh, Cleveland or, or, uh, Charlotte, <laughs> you know, but, uh, uh, yeah, you know, I, 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 I thought their offense would be very good because their offensive line. And even last year they started, they can run the football, control the clock a little bit. And, and I think coaching has lost a couple of games. They should have beat Minnesota both times. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the first game, uh, you know, they, they had a two score lead with 13 minutes to play. And the two drives that uh, the next two drives, they threw the ball five out of six times. They took a minute 40 off the clock instead of five minutes. And there wouldn't have been any time left for Minnesota to win that game. So uh, if they just ran the ball, three times and and ran, you know, and looked at the time management of the, the score of the game, how much time's left in the game. You just want to eat the clock. And instead they were trying to get first downs and keep the offense going where they would have just been better off running three plays. If they don't get a first down, they punt, but they took three and a half minutes off the clock instead of 40 seconds. And there wouldn't have been no time for Minnesota to score. You know, they played Buffalo well, you know, the defense, you know, I mean, they lost to Philly by three, 38-35. The Seattle loss was horrendous, 48-45. to 45. Um, They score. They just, the defense hasn't held up when they've always needed it. And, uh, you know, we haven't had, uh, you know, the kicking game is suspect. We, we, we don't have much of a kicking game. So I worry about that. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think they make the playoffs this year. Uh, you know, Green Bay we do not play well in green Bay, uh, in the cold weather. So, but maybe that changes this year. We'll see. We've won in Chicago. We've won in New York twice against the jets and the giants. Uh, so, you know, may, maybe that, uh, changes this year, but you know, they got to win them both and, and see where the cards fall at that point. I was just going to say this, the, the last, the last loss against Carolina, you know, like you have to hand it to, I mean, look that this, I mean, Goff was 25 of 42, which is just under 60%. Yeah. He threw for 355 yards. He threw three touchdowns, zero picks, no fumbles. Well, he had a fumble. They, he, he mishandled the snap uh, inside oh. the, in, inside the five yard line. Okay. I missed uh, that. Okay. But, but I mean, he was only sacked twice. I mean, like he had a QB rating of 110. Like, I mean, you can't ask for your quarterback to be any better and, and, you know, 
No, yeah. the offense, uh, you know, I, I mean, they, 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 they struggled to get the ball in the end zone, but the defense just didn't stop anything. I mean, they just got ran over. I mean, you know, they, they gave up 239 yards rushing or something like that in the first half. Uh, two backs had 100-plus yards in the first, first half. So it, it was a rough game. They just did not – the defense didn't show up. I was up in Minnesota – when that game was taking place and it was interesting, the dynamic. So I'm, I'm watching Tom go on a rant on Facebook about the defense. And then I'm hearing the Viking fans just absolutely killing their team right over the win. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Those Viking <laughs> fans are tough fans. I was like, wow. That, wow Viking, I, that Viking defense is horrendous. They're the it biggest is. They're going to get shredded in the fraud. Playoffs. They're Great. the biggest fraud. They give up 450 yards a game. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. They're going to get shredded in the playoffs. I, I I think they're an easy pickings in the playoffs. But, wow, yeah, they would just – those Minnesota fans are not uh, – they didn't give their team an inch on that one. So, uh, uh, but, but, you know, like I said, uh, like Bear's point, Goff's having a great year for you guys, 26 touchdowns, seven picks. That's not bad. That, He's going to throw for over 4,000 yards. He's, He's going to throw, throw for over, that's, that's, Yeah. Yeah, you can't ask for more. Um, so, I think the you certainly have a quarterback for the next few years. He's still got some – you know, you traded for use, a little more useful quarterback here, so – um, I think it's a good, I think this trade's working out well for Detroit. Um, in the yeah, and the draft yeah. picks, I, I think it'll be very good. I yeah. Mean, I, uh, I think so. uh, we we're winning. I mean, the, yeah. the, the, the Rams got what they wanted. They got their super bowl. I'm happy for Stafford to get it. Yep. Um, you know, and, uh, listen, so hopefully they keep losing and we get a better draft pick <laughs> if we get a top five out of it. Yeah, no, I, I uh, good feel. I'm looking I'm rooting for you guys. I hope you guys do well. But I think the, I think the, I think you guys are in the right direction if ownership doesn't mess this up. Yeah, so. I, I, I think they're letting it go. I, you know, I think they'll be all right. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't know if there's much to say about the Pistons or Red Wings, Tom, to say otherwise. It's no, yeah. listen, the Red Wings are uh, playing better. I mean, you know, they finally spent some money this year. I think the goaltending's been pretty good. Uh, you know, again, they're battling some injury bugs. I, I think they'll get into the playoffs this year, kind of break that streak and not being in the playoffs. Uh, are they ready for a cup? No, I think they're a year or two away from competing, but they're definitely moving in the right direction. They need a scorer. They need a scorer on that team. Uh, yeah. Some, yeah, that's what they're like. I mean, they're they're definitely trending. I mean, they're um, I think they're eight points out of a playoff spot, which is four wins, basically. So they're not they're very much in this right now. Yeah. And they just went on like a five game losing streak. They they, they were up there for a while and, and hit a little rough patch. But, you know, they'll, they'll come back around. I, I think they'll sneak into the playoffs this yep. year. Yep. Yep. So uh, so yep, that's uh, that's your Detroit sports update with Tom Wazuka here. Yeah, you don't want to talk about the eight and twenty-eight Pistons. I mean, I don't even know what to say about the Pistons. Listen, <laughs> Cunningham's out. They got Jaden Ivey. They've got some good young talent. It just hasn't blended together. And you know, I'm not much of an NBA fan anyway, so <laughs> I don't know too much worry about the Pistons. I'm with you on Jaden Ivey. He's an impressive young player, man. That, yeah. that kid, can, that kid can play. I like Casey though as a coach. I think he just needs a few more players. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll they'll get there. Yeah. Like I said, I yeah. might watch when they when they are competitive, but I don't watch yeah. much NBA to begin with. So, yeah, it's uh, I've been watching a lot of NBA to my uh, this year, but uh, the Pistons I have not watched a lot. I got to be honest, it's been it's been tough. So. Yeah, you haven't missed much. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Bear. Anything else before we wrap up with Tom here? No, Tom. Thanks so much for stopping. Yeah, Tom. By tonight. Thank you so much, man. We appreciate it uh, so much. Guys, always a pleasure to be on the show with both of you. And uh, 
uh, appreciate you guys taking the time and letting me uh, talk to you guys. And uh, hopefully you know, we'll do it again sometime. Yep. And then, uh, yep. And I, I know you guys have a great trade show. To shit, so, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Coop, don't give me no shit this year, man. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> all good. All good. Appreciate you. I appreciate you very much. Uh, you got it, boys. Well, thank right. you very much, man. Go blue. All right. Good luck, Tom. And uh, we'll, I'll be seeing you soon. All right, boys. Thank you so much. Take care. That is the one, the only Tom Wazuka of Asylum Cigars here on the primetime show. Uh, so, Bear, we got one more segment we'll do. It's a short one, and we actually may get this show done in three hours. How about the apples? All right. But uh, I'll uh, first we should mention uh, Michael's Tobacco. With just over a decade of ownership, Michael's Tobacco has become the premier tobacconist for the Dallas, Fort Worth metro area and cigar patrons the world over. With two convenient locations in Euless, Texas, just a quick jaunt from the DFW airport in Keller, Texas, Michael's Tobacco stands as a beacon for the Texas cigar retailers. Michael's was the very first cigar lounge in the state of Texas to add a full bar to its ever-growing accommodations. Proprietor Mike Peacock is a former IPCR board member has now made Michael's a family affair by having his son Bob join the ownership force. Together, they have brought a true and blessed mainstay for their respective communities. Whether you're celebrating an anniversary, birthday, homeowner, or just a desire to relax, Michael's Tobacco has the perfect cigar waiting for you with an exquisite bearer's pairing and a lively conversation. Visit michaelstobacco.com for more details and a calendar of upcoming events. Michael's Tobacco, not just a cigar shop, but the perfect blend of Texas hospitality in the days of yore. And I look forward, Bear, because I am making the trip to Texas uh, for McAuliffe in, in, in um, September. So I will be in Texas. Good stuff, man. Yep. I have a patio that I can't wait to, to share with you. I have smoke. I yep. can't wait to yep. go over to Michael's and, and yep. have Scar and then yep. and join you at McAuliffe. It'll be fun. Yep. yep. And of course, I'm going to be going out to Blue Smoke as well, Jay. So I'll be inviting myself over there. So uh, stay tuned. We so will, yeah, that, that is we will make the trek out to Jay's. Yep. I know I'm going to drop some coin there, too. So Jay will be happy. <laughs> uh, but that's good. All right. So, though, uh, we had a good segment with Tom. It was great catching up with him as well. Uh, I mean, it's it's a great story that they've had there um, for 10 years and to rebuild that thing like they did or to build, not rebuild it, but build it from the ground up uh, and watch this thing grow. It's it, from, you know, from covering it, it's been an exciting thing to do. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I think we kind of hit the nail on the head at the very top of the, the show when we were talking about how they didn't you know, they didn't invent the big gauge cigar. Right. And Tom um, said that, by the way, that was a Tom quote he told me on a previous show. I wasn't trying to put words in his mouth. No, 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 no. He's 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 been pretty adamant yeah. about that fact. Um, I remember the first time I interviewed Tom, uh, I said that and he's like, no, I, you know, he was very clear and very adamant about how he didn't create it. But I, I think they were innovators in a space that just wasn't, you know, wasn't big. You know, it, it obviously, um, you know, and, um, you know, they they found something that really worked and they found a market uh, and were able to tap into it like some of their predecessors had, but not to the level that they had. And they really built an identity around it, but still have been able to manufacture these other cigars that are again, more traditional sizes, like the Medulla that I have here, the, the Meshuggah, which is a special project that they did for Dojo, but like, like, you know, they, they have the Lanceros, they have the, they have the other sizes and everything. And, and, you know, hell, we didn't even talk about Insidious, you know, what a we didn't really get in, We should have got into that. Yeah. That's another monster brand. Yeah. Goes so very I think, well here. So I think that's something that, uh, that, you know, Tom and, and Christian deserve a lot of credit for. And, um, um, 
but uh, you know, they've, they've really built something special and, yep. you know, we, we talk to a lot of brands, younger brands that have, and we talk about the impact that they've had on the industry in a very positive way. I mean, we talk, you know, you know, we talk about Steve Saka, Nick Melillo, they're younger than Asylum. You know, their yeah. brands are younger, you yeah. know, they've been in the industry for, you know, about the, I think Steve and Tom are probably about the same amount of time. Nick, started in retail in the 90s so he's 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 probably got the same amount of time too which is crazy to think about yeah because they're all all three are they're not you know even though tom and and steve got the gray they're not old they're not old (laughs) tom Tom has really done a good job at maintaining him so like he he still looks basically the same as he did 10 years ago it's that it's that hair man it's the the majesty of the yeah here yeah um exactly but uh but i mean they're 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 three younger men you know i mean steve will probably snicker at that later but they're i mean they're three younger people but they've been in this industry for over two decades yeah easily and it's um and what tom's done with asylum you know his brand is older than both of those guys I mean, and, and the yeah it's a different kind of impact you know yeah yeah and you look at and we're going to talk about some some stuff in a little bit but um with, with, with packaging but yeah i mean they uh i i just think they've done a really good job at um like I said, companies don't – a lot of companies, especially startups, they get to that fifth year and they hit the wall. Um, not the case with, with Asylum for sure. Yeah. Well, I think I think they've they've been very careful and they've been they've they've been very precious with it. And I think it, you know, uh, you know, I'm not sure how much how much they either one of them would comment on it, but you have to take a look at their very early history. Those partnerships were some very unique partnerships with some really fine individuals. And Tom, you know, I have talked to Tom about this. He is the only surviving one. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's true. I mean, they had, they had a, you know, they, I remember Christian called it an incubator program kind of, you know, where he kind of uh, partnered and gave people chances yeah. to start a brand. You know, they um, had Grace and they had Robert and then they had, you know, two Roberts and, two Roberts. Know, they had, yep. and Edgar, um, Edgar and and they 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 built something pretty special and 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 all those people have gone on to you know to different and different things and you know Grace is out of the industry but um but they've all done special things too and 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 in part you know you know you you can look at this very positively and say like well yeah they used they used their experience with Christian and Tom to kind of launch themselves into this different this yeah. different uh, place for themselves their own yeah. identity. Uh, and, 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 but, but I think this is where I think where Tom deserves a lot of credit and it's a shame that he's not here anymore, but I think this is where Tom deserves a lot of credit is because I think he was able to establish, I think Tom is really always good to always bring it back and a lot of credit to his partnership with Christian. He always, he's really good about that, but Tom's brand is, is, has its own identity and in a, in a very real way. And, and I don't, I, I, I forget that they're so closely associated because to me, yeah, they, they do seem like so... almost, yeah, they seem more like a company. Like we, we kind of tend to, they're a brand, but they're really, you know, they, that's it's very of... autonomous. It's yeah. very autonomous. Yeah. It's very yeah. autonomous. Yeah. It's on its own. It stands on its own. Yeah. And, and I meant that and, when I said, if, if, if this was on the dojo stock market, I'd be buying with these guys. Cause I just think they're continuing to grow. They yeah. I think, and... bruises, but like every company does. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think the, they're, they've my original point that I was trying to make here was they've been very pre, it, they've been treating it with very, you know, very, very 
not kid yeah. gloves, but like they're very hands-on with it. They treat it very preciously and they don't want to betray their customer by turning asylum into something it's not, which is cool. Um, and likewise, the same thing with Lyroa and CLE. Like they have very specific avenues that they're in and they've, they've stayed within it for the most part. You know, they've had the occasional digression, but you could argue that even some of those digressions have worked, you know, the asylum seven, the super, you know, was, you know, at the time it's an ultra premium $25 cigar. And then, you know, that's kind of like the standard for the new release, especially the last few years. But like, that was a, that was a big leap. Um, yeah. But it was some, again, to Tom's point in earlier interviews, he was like, we wanted to do something special. It was, it was, it's a special thing. And, and, uh, and, and they delivered on it too, which is, which is, Something that other companies miss on, we we comment on that all the time. Coop is just like that. All these companies that try to they seek out and they try to to do something special, in the end they just put out a mediocre product, which is the most disappointing yeah. and frustrating thing for us as consumers. Um, and and Tom and Christian just haven't done that. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I we should I should have asked Tom this now because, but I just thought of it now. You know, the one that I just think should have worked of those brands was eh i i i have my own theories about that you know i they had i thought that was an interesting brand i probably would have tied it more to mexican tobacco if i if i was doing it maybe you know and tie that egg is egg is ties to that piece but eh should have been the one that because they had some good cigars they had some great sizes egg seems like he was really into the industry uh he seems to really like this industry that was the one i just wish would have made it and it didn't, and I just I, – my only thing is maybe they should have tied it more into Mexico with that. And I know that's not necessarily what CLE does, but to me, that's where I probably would have went with that brand a little more. Yeah, I mean – I mean, Eggers doesn't yeah, I mean, part I, with deterrence, but that doesn't seem like I've taken off, though. Yeah, it, I I like Edgar a lot. And I, I do too. I do too. You, you think that that, that would have worked out because they're so creative? And yeah, some great packaging they had on those cigars. It was just ahead of its time with that stuff. The old I mean, Osa- it, like I came from the Osak piece, but yeah, it can't it can't happen. It, well, I mean, it would just be more difficult. But I, I it can't really. I was yeah. secretly hoping that it, at some point that Matt and him would get back together. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that will ever happen, but yeah, I kind yeah. of hope that too. But I was also hoping the thing with deterrence, like that could have given deterrence. And I don't know what's ha- what the status of that is, but but the deterrence kind of need an Edgar Hoyle. Like they need a guy. I think this guy loves cigars. I've talked to him. Yeah. And he could have been like the perfect brand ambassador for Casa Turin. And Ed- have Edgar's name. cool, man. He's, He's cool as shit. Yeah. 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 I-, I always love talking to him at the trade show. I never interviewed him. Like I never had a chance to interview him. I'd love to have that opportunity still. But uh, he is a yeah. I mean, I just always like talking. I think it was just one. I don't know. I think I personally, I think what it was, they had to make a choice of that where they were going with the direction of the company. And I think CLE, Aroa, and Asylum was was the future. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, the one I missed the most is Grace. I thought the uh, I like I I thought her brand was that, incredible. It was, and I think that brand needed a lot more investment. Uh, you know, just to not not blaming one person or the other. I'm just saying. That brand needed more time. Uh, that one certainly, I think it just, uh, you know, they need more time with that. That cigar was fucking great. The, oh. Both of them, the Maduro was really good too. Mm-hmm. The Hesha Sherry and the, they were both excellent cigars. 
they were both excellent cigars. Um, she did a good job for them, I thought too. But I think yeah. it was just they would start. I think they were getting away from that incubator model at that point, and things changed. So, all right, let's get to great things are happening here. Uh, our great things are happening here segment, one of our favorite ones, brought to you by Tobacco USA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco USA, great things are happening here. Um, before we do that. Okay, before we do that, I want to run the contest tonight, right? So we have a Tobacco or USA contest, right? And here's what I want to say about this. Uh, we're changing the contest up for 2023. So we have been running a couple contests on the coupe page, which is getting an enormous amount of traction. Um, more so than we were getting traction, I think, on the show to some extent. So what we're going to do is going forward, people on the show are going to get a first chance to get in on the prize pack. And if you put an entry in tonight you get two entries okay and then it will go up on the coop page the next day and it'll be up for everybody else and if you answered on the show tonight you can answer a third you'll get a third entry if you answer on the coop page right so you get three you get three times the chances to win is what i'm gonna say but we'll always kick the contest off here and then it will move to the coop page and like i said if you participate here you're gonna have three three entries if you do both all right does that sound good sure everybody all right i mean so um, tonight, uh, we have, and of course I don't have it up here. I apologize. I should have had this up. Uh, we have a prize pack from Tobacco USA and it's an H Upman Nicaragua set. And let me put this up here so you can see what it is. Um, of course I, it's my screen ain't sharing, but okay, here it is. So it's an H Upman Nicaragua set. You get a cap, a mug and a lighter. All right. And like I said, if you answer this now, there's going to be two different questions here. All right. So the contest here says you're getting two entries. You got to work a little harder than the contest on the uh, then when you go to the Facebook page. I mean, um, the coop page and enter. So here's the contest question. Ready? There was an H. Upman Nicaragua cigar. Branded cigar that landed on the cigar coop countdown this year. What was that H. Upman Nicaragua cigar? And you put the answer in the comments. Hashtag it with countdown. And you will get two entries. Tomorrow, it will be a simpler thing. It's going to be uh, a little different for tomorrow. So you, you, But you'll answer a little different. But, but since you're getting two entries, what is the what was that cigar uh, that landed on the countdown? And tell me the position. Hashtag countdown. So you got to do both things. You got to tell me the cigar and you got to tell me where it landed. And it's already on the countdown, so it's easy. And you win the hat, the mug, and the lighter. Pretty cool set, by the way. I have that. I love that hat, by the way. I have that hat. Hashtag I, I love the I love the mug. It's good. The stuff. mug is great. The mug is great. The mug is great. I actually don't have the mug, but I've seen the mug. Uh, I've seen it in, in person, so I've seen people with the mug. I have it. Uh, I have not seen the lighter, so I can't say I don't have the lighter, but I have the cap um, with that. And if you notice, it's a little bit of a darker blue because uh, this is the heritage set. Right. Yep. So you do that and you win. So again, scar landed on the countdown. Tell me the cigar and what position it landed in. Hashtag countdown. In, you got to put this in the uh, before the end of the show. After the show, I won't accept entries. You only get one entry on the coupe page tomorrow. If you answer that, and it's gonna be more of a comment you put in there. So, 
no hashtags are required for the one for the easier entry. You got to hashtag it here because I got to be able to find your entry. Sound good? Perfect. Let's move on then. All right. So uh, our tobacco is a great things are happening here. Um, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, you know, like, you know, this past week has been a, a huge struggle for most of this country from a weather perspective, you know, down here in Texas, uh, it got, uh, colder than it's ever been. And that's saying something because two years ago we had that snowstorm that completely wiped out our power grid, but that was, that was a longer stretch of time and it still didn't get as cold as it got, uh, over the span of two days last week. Um, uh, our coldest night, Coop, uh, and I know you have some thoughts about wind chill, but with the wind chill, it got to negative 20. Um, what was the temperature? Is, the temperature was minus two. That's all that counts. I know. Yeah. You have some thoughts about it, but like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the wind, the wind was really blowing and uh, especially where it was in my, my neck of the woods too. Uh, it gets really cold out here because I live out in the country. Yeah. Uh, completely froze over my... Um, pressure valve on my well so oh, uh, i forgot killed, you have the well yeah yeah, you have- yeah it, ki- it killed my water it stopped uh so it wasn't my pipes my pipes didn't freeze it was the pressure valve so it it nothing was coming into the house because that pressure valve wouldn't go off so uh dotted out with a hairdryer um packed my well with old blankets and uh shirts and sweaters and everything covered it up and uh and we've been good since but uh it was uh was terrific and it was a it was a neighborly effort because my neighbor next door actually came and helped me out and and that's why this particular story really kind of touched me in a in a really cool way um and it again the reason why we do this segment could just the humanity of people continuously and constantly out there you know there's so much negative stuff and everyone talks about how shitty people are and stuff like that they're not you know there's some really good people out there and um, you know, one of these particular people is, is, uh, Alex, uh, Campania, who, uh, who's a resident of Buffalo, New York. And it was Christmas Eve, just a few days ago, uh, when he heard a frantic knocking at his store and outside, uh, was going on it was the worst blizzard that he's ever experienced. Mind you, he lives in Buffalo, New York, the worst blizzard he's ever experienced. So, uh, trying to figure that they out. They have gotten he, hit hard this year, Buffalo. Yeah. It Buffalo was by Buffalo standards. I know people up there. Yeah. Two dozen people have died, Coop. Yeah, and it, this is Buffalo now. They had to cancel a yeah. football game even, remember? Yeah. But think about this. Like, there have been two dozen deaths. Like, it, it's quite possible that some of these people that I'm about to talk about could have died because this is how bad the blizzard was. But Alex Campania had had time. Had You know, he had, a, he had power. He had running water. And, uh, you know, he was one of the lucky ones. And he decided to take in this because at the knocking at, there was a knocking at the door. And it was a member of a tourist group. Some South Korean tourists were having a terrible vacation in Buffalo. They probably didn't see this coming. And uh, and he invited all 10 South Koreans that were stuck in this blizzard. He, they were trying to get a shovel to dig their car out. He said, no, come on in. And he had sofas and sleeping bags and everything. And they stayed with him you know, over the next couple of days. And uh, um, he took in 10 people, 10 perfect strangers. And, uh, 
and it was just a just an incredible act of kindness and everything and a really cool turnabout away that you know they shared they shared a lot of food and 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 fun they even watched football together uh this the some of the the, uh, the korean tourists actually made meals uh uh for for their for their hosts which was really cool he actually had uh, as the story goes you can read it uh, in the chat later but uh you know they actually he's a him and his wife are actually into asian cuisine too so they had a bunch of you know what you would say more uh you know unusual ingredients extravagant ingredients to be able so that their their guests could actually make some more traditional korean meals and they had a great time and uh and it was all because this extraordinary act of kindness uh by uh by alex and his and his family to welcome good these job. people in yeah cool. really really good job yeah and you know like i said we're, that area has gotten hit so hard and to see people stepping up like that was really something special and i've known i've known buffalo people who and they've just like they're they were just they've it, it's, it's been bad up there this year yeah yeah I mean, six feet of snow is six feet of snow. I mean, I don't know how you put it. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you are. That's yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's a very interesting geography in that area that causes the snow to come in like that. Just where, because you've got that Lake Erie. It's really more Lake Erie they're getting the snows off of, not Lake Ontario. Which is but, crazy. Uh, uh, that that wind off of that, I mean, again, I'm not going to get into a debate with you about wind show, but that wind off of that lake has got to be wicked too. You know? Yeah. You know, okay, wind with a blizzard is a different story, guys. It is a huge problem with, with snow, but with snow, blowing snow, falling snow, wind in a blizzard is it causes conditions, whiteouts, snow drifts. It, it, it's serious stuff with a blizzard. With, with lower temperatures, it's it's fake news. Uh, well, I won't go over that tonight, but uh, I'm sure this is going to be a topic that's going to come up. But no, yeah, it's, it's with a blizzard, it's serious stuff. I mean, people can die. You could that's a, that's a life wind chill is not a life threatening condition. Temperature is, and certainly blowing snow and blizzard conditions are. So, uh, yeah, two dozen people alone have died in Buffalo. Two dozen. Yeah, you know, I mean, a lot that's... of people, a lot of people like my age and above. You know, this is not whether you should be, you know, remove. You got to be careful with that stuff too. You know, a lot of people die because of trying to remove this snow and all that. So to see someone step up like this, it's big. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Good job, Bear. Okay, I gotta I should have did this with Tom tonight, right? Um, because this is the Detroit story. And I really should have did this one with Tom. I, I screwed up here. Um, and this comes from uh I actually went and I wanted to do something a little more local, but this is a story um where so let me let me let me let me preface this. Um, you know, I have four kids that I've put through the school systems, right? And one thing that my kids never got in school, and they went to some really good schools, okay? They never got a music education in terms of instruments. Now, growing up, when I went to school in New York City, instruments were a part of many of the schools, okay? And we had instruments, and you learn how to play instruments. I, I, I struggled with the trumpet. It was, it was a very hard instrument to play. Um, it, it was tough, right? Um, but my kids never had instruments in their schools. And it's something that is really getting lost in a lot of schools, um, that at least the ones my kids have gone to. 
and certainly uh, Detroit has been a uh, another one where Detroit's public school systems, um, you know, they they've had the need for instruments. And uh, this month, uh, the Latin Grammy Cultural Foundation and the Ford Motor Company uh, gifted twenty thousand dollars of musical instruments to the Detroit Public Community School District. Um, this is a great thing. And, you know, um, there was a quote from Nicholas Brown, who's the principal of the Academy of the Americas. I'm not sure how they're tied in with this, but he said, we've already spent the $20,000 on instruments that you see behind me. And we're going to get these instruments in the students' hands so that they can get playing and practicing and learning them right away. This is a great job. And this was a great donation. Um, and I want to see, I hopefully we're going to see more of this. We need to get music education back in the school system. I think it's very, very important. Uh, it's something that, you know, like I said, my kids never learned how to play an instrument or even had the, like, I didn't learn how to play. I, I had a very tough attempt with the trumpet, but uh, <laughs> at least I had that opportunity to try. Um, you know, so it was, uh, I got a participation trophy for trying and, and, and with the trump trumpet's really hard. I didn't realize how hard it was to play, but yeah. Uh, but, you know, and these instruments are not cheap. They're not cheap to get a trumpet, you know. I can tell you that. It's not cheap. So, but I mean, I remember we had students playing the cellos and the big basses, uh, drums. I mean, it was just, it was part of elementary and junior high. And then you get to high school and you had marching bands and stuff like that. It was it was a big deal. And, and you know, we just, where my kid, I'm not saying none of the schools have anymore, but I can tell you what, in New Jersey and North Carolina, my kids never had that opportunity. So I think this was a really good job and a uh, great job by Ford and uh, the uh, Latin Grammy Cultural Foundation for stepping up with this. And good for the students of Detroit here. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I was, cool story. Yep. Yep. And it, that was actually on the Fox 2 Detroit News website. I found this story, uh, which uh, I actually saw this story. You know, now we get like, I don't know if you notice, Bear, we get, um, if you if you get like some of these Pluto TVs and Tubi, you can get local news from other cities. And I've been really into this lately, watching news, local news from other cities. It's kind of fascinating to see some of this stuff happen. Uh, just learning about different cities. Like I, I, I came back from Minneapolis and I started watching Minneapolis news. You know, it, it was kind of interesting to just do that. Um I did it when I was up in Boston, same thing. So kind of a cool thing to see. And uh, that's how I picked up this on the story. I, I was able to go from Minnesota's Fox site to Detroit's Fox site one day. And I saw the story come up. So uh, I pulled it up for this one. Nice. All right. And that was our great things are happening here segment sponsored by Tobacco USA. And I, look, I want to give a big shout out to Tobacco USA. They're, they're coming on board with us in 2023 uh, for all of our shows. So um, you're going to be seeing like the ties that bind segment. Uh, that's going to be a Thursday segment, which we'll occasionally do on this show, I think, too, because I think it's a fun. Se- I, hopefully it's a fun segment. People are going to have with that. Uh, maybe we'll oh, do some pri- maybe we'll tie some prizes with that, too. So uh, stay tuned on it. Maybe we'll tie, you know, sometimes a giveaway with that. Never know, but we'll figure something out with that. All right, Perfect. I got. All right, I got one more thing I want to hit there. So this was a topic, you know. We have we have that chat, that that painful, sometimes painful but fun chat, with a bunch of guys on uh, Facebook, right? Yeah. And, and so, folks, you know, there's like a, there's like an internal messenger chat that like with a bunch of industry people and media people, and everything, uh, but the kitchen sink comes up in this thing, right? 
And this week, the topic, and I think I brought this topic up of packaging and making packaging changes. Um, and I wanted to just talk a little about that tonight. Um, because I think packaging changes are a double-edged sword in a lot of ways. And I, well, I we think, talked about it earlier with Tom, right? We talked about it earlier with Tom, but here's the difference. Okay, so Tom's the packaging change at CLE. I only remember to make them one big packaging change. That was to the CLE line a few years ago, right? Really, the the changes that Tom talked about, the cigars looked the same. They just changed the box structure that we talked about. So I don't think this was a case. But I've seen companies, and there's at least two companies I'm going to pick on tonight. That are um, that have been doing packaging change after packaging change after packaging change, and I don't think that's a good thing. I think it's I think it's a bad thing. So I mean, and you and I have talked about one of these, and the other one we we started talking about in this chat. So yeah, let me, let's kind of go with the first one. Uh, let's go to the one we you and I have been talking. We've been talking about PDR a lot. Yeah, I was just say yeah. I, when you first brought up this topic, I was like, okay, so how much time are we dedicating to PDR? Yeah. No, so. is it, PDR is in there. Um, so let me, let me preface this and we can get some thoughts. This is not about Coop doesn't like the packaging changes. Okay. But, and I love the last round of packaging changes that PDR did artistically. I, I think they're great, but, I've seen several of these lines go through multiple packaging changes over the past over the past 10 years. Oh, the 1878 line is a good example. Time yeah. and time again, right? There's, and then on top of what's more complicated with them, the blends are changing too. Right. I, I think there's a point where you just have to say, I can't change the packaging anymore. Maybe I'm better off coming up, discontinuing something and come up with something new. And I know FDA makes that a little difficult sometimes, but that's my feeling on this. I, I think you just can't keep going to the well with packaging changes. And I think PDR, who makes great cigars and they've done nice packaging, I just think it's too much. No, I completely agree. I think just here, here's what I'll say about Abe Flores is that um, I, I commend Abe on a lot of things. Like I think I think Abe has done an incredible job overall over the years with you know really really i mean growing and expanding in a lot of different ways you know i mean when he first started it was pinar del rio um and that was yeah. the name of the company that was the branding and so when he went to pdr it was a really nice change and he had really to modern. do that i think he had to do that from what i understand. I think so too and he modernized it here's 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 what i think abe's problem is is that abe is incredibly creative oh yeah you know, he's a he's a musician and an artist so like this is his bread and butter. So I think where a lot of times, you know, we don't hear about it this much, even though we talk about it all the time, you know, Matt, blenders will go through, you know, two, three dozen, four dozen blend tweaks, you know, to make a cigar right. Yeah. Right? And, and good. You want to see that, right? Yep. Uh, the problem is we, the, the, the good thing is, is as a consumer, we don't see that. We see the finished product after the trial and airing and we have, that's what we get to enjoy. Um, I think Abe's doing the same thing, except for the, to, to counter the point, unfortunately it's with the packaging and the way that he's branding himself because he's so creative. He want 
and a perfectionist. I mean, we, we've had a couple of interviews with him, Coop. I mean, he he really oh, is. Oh, and let me tell you, the, the blends he the blends he's doing in the last year have been great. Yeah, oh, yeah, and, yeah. And so, I mean, he's a perfectionist in a lot yeah. of ways. So I think he keeps tweaking it. But at the same time, like again, I like from a thirty thousand foot view. And just looking at the art itself and the packaging that he's done, I think it's incredible. I think yeah, it's oh, beautiful. I think it's attractive. Next level. Next level. Yeah. Yeah. I it's it's really good. But like, I I mean, I said it the other day. Like, I mean, he needs to stop. He just needs to stop. And 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 it's it's not because he's doing anything bad, and he's not. I think I think I think each step has been an improvement on the last, but. Man, at some point you just gotta you just gotta hold firm and you got to establish your own identity as a brand and move forward with it, or it's just you know you're learning how to resell his product all from a retail perspective. Perspective, you're learning how to sell his product all over again. Yeah, because it's like, oh no, this is the same cigar. Well, that doesn't even look anything like it. How do you know that's like the Flores E. Rodriguez 10th anniversary cigar looks completely different. The Trovador looks completely different. The the and, uh, yeah the uh, Connecticut Valley River Valley. Yeah, the Connecticut River. Yeah, eighteen seventy eight gone through multiple. Oh, I mean, it's like this is the fifth one, right? The fifth change, maybe sixth. I don't know how many there's been. There's been there's been a lot, right? And I, what I would have did, okay, we're gonna put eighteen because he did change some of the blend. I would have put eighteen seventy eight aside. I would have called it the Santiago series. Relaunch with a Santiago series and just make that your core line and just retire the name. I just think it's confusing. And then, you yeah, know, it's definitely. very, conf- it's definitely confusing. Oh, I think it's very confusing. And that, that's the frustrating part about it, too, is like, I mean, we had him on that night. We remember we did that interview and yeah. we were just, we were going back into the time capsule of his portfolio and we we're raving about this cigar and that cigar and this cigar. Like, I have so many memories of smoking PDR. Yeah. And like so many good experiences with the cigars that he's blended over the years and everything. And it's like, man, I don't want to fucking lose that. I don't want to lose that memory. Like, cause I mean, I think that's something that's really magical. Like you can go back and smoke an Arturo Fuente eight, five, eight. It looks the same, yeah. you know, and it's and the it's same, it's the same, you know, it's consistent. It's, it's yeah. the same blend and you, you can enjoy that for what it is. Right. There's always going to, when you have packaging changes, yes, like, like I, I can hear all the people like criticizing now. It's like, it's the same cigar. Yes, it is. I'm but he can't, stupid. no, some of them aren't. And he said some of them aren't, though. Yeah, some of them have changed blends. So that's a, that's another, that's and some another haven't, thing. And some haven't. And some just look different. Yeah. They just look different. Uh, it just, it, it just hasn't, it just hasn't clicked. And, it's a shame because I think Abe has a lot to offer this industry. Oh, and I think, I, I think well, he has yeah. a lot to offer. He provides a lot for this industry. Like, he let's does. just say what it is. He does. And I'll tell you something. He is really, I think him streamlining his operation has helped a lot. I really do. Um, I think the quality is better than I'm saying. Uh, sure. I think I like the fact he's using more Dominican tobaccos in these blends. But sure. it's just, I mean, it's just. And then the amount of changes that have, when you do the whole portfolio, when you do the whole portfolio, it um, it's tough, right? I look at what Ernesto did a few years ago when he rebrand, when he redesigned the core lines. I thought that was a subtle, a more subtle change he did. Mm-hmm. And, and 
you know, it didn't, I thought that worked a lot, but I think Ernesto needed to do that, but Ernesto hasn't gone back and redone it a second time. Right. That's it, true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you get, yeah. when you get to second and third and it's everything, it's like, it, it's, it is very, very confusing to me. Um, and I don't care what anyone says. I mean, you could, you could tell the story all you want. It is confusing and it is tough, you know, and then you, you have the old packaging on the shelves in some places and the new packaging. It's, you know, and some of the blends are different. Some of them are the same. And again, this ain't the pick on Abe. You, you, you're right. He's got um, a creative mind. He's, he's, I think he's developed a lot more as a blender over the, over the past 10 years for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I love those original Pinard over Oscuros, by the way, we should bring that. Oh up. yeah. I still have, I still with have the, with the blue. With the blue. Yeah. The, yeah. And the pigtail. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, those were great cigars. Yeah. Great those cigars. Fucking fantastic. Yeah. I, those are the Pinardo Rios. Yeah. So uh um I, I just look at that. But see, it's shit like that, right? It's like it's like, man, I fucking remember that cigar. And I remember smoking them and I remember yeah. enjoying it. And I remember like the small batch Maduro. That's one of my favorites. I remember the I remember the Connecticut Valley Reserves. Like I remember the Flores E. Rodriguez 10th anniversary. Like I remember those moments. When I got to smoke it, and there was something special about those. Oh scars. yeah, oh yeah. The the eight Flores uh, Siri Pravadas, which they've changed too. Com- name changes. You know, it, it's just. You mentioned you know Fuente a minute ago. I I know of one Fuente band change they've made recently in the last like few years, and it's on Casa Cuba. But it's yes. so subtle that they made it like. Carlito basically embellished the band a little more, make it look a little yeah. more regal. But it's it, it didn't feel like it didn't f- feel like that. Perdomo kind of did the same thing with a lot of those. Like I'm thinking of the lot 23s. They just they tweaked the banding just a bit. Some of them tw- Perdomo made some more radical ones, but for the most part, they tweaked like lot 23, which was I thought just the right tweak they made to that. And it was it was a great, you know, but he didn't touch champagne. He left champagne alone. Right. Well, like, like, you know, like, and there's, there's, there's right things to do, right? Like, like the, the, the the game changer of, of this company, Romercraft was putting fucking bands on their cigars. Very simple bands. Right. And and Skip fought that for a while. I think he realized, look, hats off to Skip what he did with it. Very simple. And he hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't fucked with it. And he hasn't changed it. Yeah. Like it. And, and, and that's, that's, that's how you do it. You yeah. just like, you make the decision and, you know, there might be, he might have regrets with it. He maybe, maybe not. I don't think Skip would ever admit, to it. but I mean, uh, but I mean, he's, he's, his, he's, he's on a quest for perfection. Like most of these guys are like a lot of, the, there's a lot of, I think one of the traits that runs rampant in this industry is perfectionism. I think everyone is very detail oriented and they want everything to be spot on and everything yeah. to be perfect. And I think it's been the detriment to, to Abe specifically. He, he just hasn't found whatever he's looking for. And my, I mean, he's never, he's not asking my advice and he'd probably be mad at me for giving it to him. But like, I'll just say, man, just like, this is it, man. Just pick it and run with that, man. Just yeah. Appreciate yourself as an artist, man. Cause like it's yeah. not like anything he's come up with is like, you know what? That's shit, man. You shouldn't have fucking done that. I've never said that with anything that he's done, other than the fact that it's just another redo. Like that's the only that's yeah. my only criticism of it. It's just constant. And it's like there's it's so fucking frustrating. Like from yeah. a consumer perspective, it's just so frustrating. Yeah. Um and 
and I just, I think there's just so much talent there and, and I know he wants to showcase it. He deserves to showcase it. It's yep. his brand, but do some, do, do something else, man, make another blend and, and, and create something there, man. It just, or something. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. that's my PDR soapbox. <laughs> you, you know, you know, I know the banner's behind me, but I'm going to give a good example of, of, of a packaging kind of a change to a line. Okay. So the champagne line had, you know, the original champagne, the noir and the sun grown right. and good cigars in all three. Nick yeah, saw an opportunity to upgrade, upgrade the line. Right. And rather than just come up with new packaging for the noir and the sun grown, he introduces, instead he kind of drops the champagne thing, drops those two lines and creates the 10th anniversary Maduro and sun grown. And what happens? They become monsters hits with that. Yeah. So His, that's the, the way ES, I think the, the yeah. ESV rebranding was also stellar too. The, the ESV rebranding was was really good um, as well. Uh, I mean, fantastic cigar. Um, more limited cigar that he has. I know that that you know they don't produce a lot of those. But again, that that's the way you know they didn't mess with you know they rather than try to rebrand and reblend noir and uh, and sungrown. I thought he should have kept them all, in my opinion, but I can understand why he didn't because they would have competed with each other, you know. But the, but what he and look at the like look at what they did with the packaging on on that blue and that red on the tenth anniversary. It just to me it was it was it was a stroke of genius. Uh, hats off to Nick and the team with that. Uh, and and the cigars on top of that were next level. They were just. I remember when Nick gave me the cigars in the factory to try, and I was like all bummed out like noir because I like noir a lot, and. Uh, yeah, he says, I want you to try this. That's what he said before you kind of judge. And I'm like, this is fantastic. That Maduro, everyone just went bonkers over that in, in the factory. And, and they released it, uh, they didn't, re- they released it a few months later. So, uh, so great job. Um, but the, the, this, the conversation was triggered with Aganorsa. That's what triggered this. Um, you know, when we saw Aganorsa, uh, announce, yet another set of packaging changes and i i understand why agonorsa did the changes they did a few years ago right because they want they were trying to rebrand the company yeah they had to make some big changes to do that and they really didn't mess with the blends so that much but they've introduced packaging and now then the validation series comes out Mm-hmm. And for a couple of those cigars, that was the third iteration of the of the original Aganorso line, right? This is the third right. iteration. And then I see that the signature, uh, the signature line, and the rare the the rare leaf, which are not, they're getting changes already. Yeah, and look, not I, old either. I understand what they're trying to do. They wanted to have more vibrant packaging, and but I think I I just I, I just wonder if that was the right move. I mean. Um, I just, you know, it's nothing against the cigars. It's not, again, me not like, it's not me not liking the packaging. It's not me not liking the cigars. It's just, is this the right, is this the right move to change yet another line? And when you just kind of changed it or reintroduced or introduced some cigars already, you know, less than, less than four years ago. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we all applauded the rebranding. Right, the rebranding it was, it was much, and it, look, Aganorsa's or Casa Fernandez's weak point was their packaging. 
And Terrence has done a yeah. great job at elevating that. There's no question about it. it that was a right. weak spot. Yeah, and rebranding the company was the right decision and everything. But yeah, again, with all these tweaks and everything, I think again they just need to pick something and run with it and just and just go from there. Um, you know, I mean, we all have seen examples of rebranding that doesn't work. You know, like you know, you know the La Florida Dominicana Coronado, stellar cigar. You know. Its original packaging was confusing, right? It was, and it it didn't sell, you know, to probably to the level that you know John and Lido and uh, Inez would want, and that's why they were like, okay, so they repackaged it, right? They re, they rebranded it, they put LFD on it, which was what we were saying to do in the first place, and it still, you know, isn't a, a big mover for them, and it's a great fucking cigar. Oh, it is, um, and it hasn't changed a bit. Um, that got hurt because I think at the time, right around that time or shortly afterwards, Andalusian Bull kicks ass and, and like, you know, obviously becomes, yeah. and then, um, you know, you have the, the Lenoxes come out and the, uh, you know, was it the La Volcadas? You know, they, they start coming yeah. out, which some really, really good cigars, and I think that kind of got lost is what happened with that. Nothing yeah, again. and those, I mean, talk about some unified branding, right? Love, Fulcata, Lonox, they have that same kind of, you know, unified front. And and I get that that's what Agonorus is trying to do to a certain uh, extent. They, it's they, just, I, yeah, I just, I, I might have just left well enough alone is what I'm saying. And I, 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 I just, yeah, it's just too, it's just, Maybe wait a little longer, but it's just when you start. What happens when you change packaging this many times, right? It suddenly people say, and they aren't changing their blends, but people are saying the blends changed. That's mm-hmm. what that's what that's what your mind does, and I so I contend that blends change all the time, right? Because of different vintages of tobaccos, right? Uh, you know, diff, just just different things going on in the factory. Not that they're changing tobacco leaves, but blends change. You know because of availability and you know things like that there's there's factors but you know now you add packing people now just well now what is this i'm smoking connecticut's had three different iterations agonistic connecticut great cigar this is the third iteration with validation now they've had is it not worked was this previous that hurting them that bad that they had to go make a change that's why i'm just kind of wondering yeah, and, I mean, there's, I wanna, uh, there's still be, some questions. Yeah, and I'm, this is a question we'll, we'll, I'll ask Terrence next time he's on the show, for sure. Yeah, I mean, they've done so many things right, you know, and it just seems like this is this is one of those kind of missteps that's like, yeah, I don't know if it's needed. Like, uh, again, another, you know, to, to bring it into the conversation, it wasn't necessarily a repackaging as it was a rebranding. And I think they've, I think they took, I think they took a cue from Terrence was our, was our, is Artista cigars, more simplification, you know, you know, going from, yeah. you know, going from El Artista to Artista, more simple brand, a more simple look, you know, um, yeah. yeah, you know, that, that's something that I think the brand needed and then they, 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 they did well with it. Um, again, to bring this back to, to, to Terrence and, 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 and Agonorsa, I think, that's I think that can that can be their legacy, man. It's like, hey, listen, we 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 decided to take Casa Fernandez to a different level. So we rebranded completely and we established it. The constant tweaks are just something that, you know, is just gonna again, it's gonna confuse the market. 
Um, but I think the one thing we can't agree on is that Supreme Leaf need needs a repackaging though, because this those that's bands a, just those bands just a, don't work for me. But they're building everything off that though. Um, I wouldn't mess with Supreme Leaf. I wouldn't mess with it right now though. You're gonna well, no, not now. Yeah, you can't you can, but no, I would leave it. Yeah, I would leave it. Yeah. Ah. Uh, you know, and, and you know, I'll say this. The one thing that I think was the sacrificial lamb with Aganorsa was the retirement of Casa Fernandez as a brand name as well as a company name. Um, I think they had to do it, though. I think it would have been confusing leaving the, the – sure. I understand why they – the anniversary is they had to rebrand them. It, it was going to be too confusing otherwise. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I just, like I said, and I go back to CLE, like – Tom hasn't really changed too much package. There's been a couple of packaging changes they've made with the, you know, some of the asylums, but not major ones and not ones that were done right away. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I, you know, like I said, I just think uh, it's also very interesting because, you know, packaging just, uh, you know, I packaging sells in my opinion. It, it just definitely sells. No, oh, it definitely makes an impact. For sure. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. Anything else on that? No, those those covered by points with those two companies. Yep. Yeah. Any other companies you want to mention before we uh we, we wrap uh, up? Um. I think in a lot of ways, La Polina has done a, a, a decent job. I think they've missed and they've hit in a combination of ways with some of their rebranding and repackaging. Uh, I would have stuck with the Goldie labels more. Yeah. But I, I'll, like say this. I, I'll say this. The Kill Bill packaging has grown on me a bit. I think it's because you like the cigar. I like the Probably that has a lot to do with it. But I would trade it back in the old El Diario packaging any day of the week. Um, I would, and I know people didn't like it. I, I, I'm not saying the cigars were great, but I did like the number series packaging because it was, it brought back that, um, Mad Men. It was kind of that Mad Men theme they brought with that. It's just, I, I, I contend never name cigars, numbers and letters. It doesn't work. It is a, there's a huge, unless you're going to give it a Vitola name with that is huge track record with that. A failure <laughs> with that, but I, you know, I didn't like when La Polina started moving away from the the Goldie label and they started doing that LP. You remember that? You cut you cut, you cut out, Coop. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, you know, La Polina, I I still didn't like when they moved away from the Goldie, uh, the Goldie Pelly bands to yes, logo to the LP. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I'm with you. Yeah, I just think there was it's such an iconic band. Uh, I Very mean, I know they, so. they have it on a few lines, but not the really the only one using it right now is the is the color series and the color series and the, and the uh, Goldies. Goldies. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I don't know what the status of the Miami cigars are, but they were you know good cigars too. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's a. Uh, that's that one. Uh, you know, last one I'll mention, and this is always a popular one, is Eric Espinosa had to do it with 601. But he had to do it to save the line. 
Yeah. So, you know, he went and made that change uh, when he was at Rocky, and they went to those horrible bands, and they just had to stop the bleeding with that one. So there, that, there was a reason for that. And they brought it very close back to the original. You know, and thank God they did that. Because uh, that would have, I think, destroyed 601 had they not done that. That would have died that line. So sometimes there is a need where you had to do it. But, you know, I don't see PDR and 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 uh, Aganorus are in that boat like like uh, like Espinosa was in with the 601s. Actually, it was EO when that happened. So Definitely. Yeah. All right. Um, so this is the last primetime show of 2022. Um, there's going to be a couple week break of primetime shows except for Jukebox. Um, but we'll be back mid, mid January uh, with another. I think we're going to have to I think we got to get our aging experiment going. So that's what I want to start talking to you about. So we can okay. kick up a new aging experiment. So let's start. We'll start thinking about that. And that'll probably be the next show I'm thinking. Uh, and then we got to get Carney for the for the Super Bowl show, so I got to work on that. I'll get him scheduled. I want I, I I usually schedule him earlier, and I didn't this year. So, um, but we'll be doing jukebox on Monday. Uh, Dave and I are doing a year in music review. Uh, so we're not doing anything year in cigar reviews yet. Um, I'm kind of holding off on a lot of year in review on cigar talk until some of the coupe stuff comes out, and then some of the DP stuff comes out, and the lists are all done. So. Uh, I think we'll hold off on some of that discussion. We'll definitely get the coalition together on that too, but we'll do that as well. Um, and then you and I have back-to-back days. We'll be unveiling our cigar of the year. You'll be going first on uh, January 8th. That's and correct. I'm going on January 9th. I don't know how, do you want to talk about that January 8th show or not yet? Because you have a unique uh, thing you're doing this year. I'm doing something very special and I'm not trying to tease it, but I'm doing something different. Yep. Uh, it's uh, it's my it's Cohen celebrating my fifth anniversary, uh, going into the sixth and uh, sixth year of yep. of Ellis Fumar takes. Uh-huh. Uh So I wanted to do something very special, and I think I put together uh, a good show for it. In addition yeah. to revealing the top ten cigars, so um, I will have honorable mentions, much to your chagrin again. Uh, but I won't spend very much time on it because I know that was a problem for you personally. <laughs> sure so, be great. I don't think uh, drive me crazy. Um. But you're at least you're using honorable mentions in a more constructive way. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it's not about it's not about like, hey, like how many other people can I like cram into a list? It's like these are these are outstanding limited cigars that did not qualify for the list because they're limited edition. And um, and I and and I had a few of them over the years, like the Asylum 7. I think yeah. the Asylum 7 is one of the best cigars I've smoked. Top five, top five I mean. in the last you know, five years. Yeah. Easy. Um, I think, you know, and it's, it's fucking phenomenal. And I only smoked a couple, I only smoked a few of them because again, they were limited and you can't get them anymore. So yeah. my, my, my top 10 list is specific to there's very, it's very simple criteria, but one of them is like limited editions can't qualify. I don't know what I'm doing about limited editions going forward. I haven't eliminated them. I don't think I'm going to eliminate them, but I want to eliminate them, if that makes sense. Why? Your list is I, so your list is so deep, though, and it's not like it's chock full of it. They well, make the I occasional think, they make the occasional appearance. Like, are you afraid it's going to hit number one next, like one year, and you're like, shit. Yeah, I'm afraid of that, and uh, 
it's this year you'll see some things happen on the list a little different. So I'll just but I think, leave it at that. Uh, yeah, I think your I think your integrity stands alone on it, Coop, and you don't review very many of them to begin with. How many reviews did you do last year? One hundred seventy something. One hundred eighty. One hundred fifty-two this year. It was a little down. Um, okay. But um, about I want to get back to one sixty is where I want to keep it. But it was a little less this year. But um, yeah, I do. I I think there's what the difference is. I'm at least trying to look at limited editions that have some staying power. And maybe your annual releases, um, not so much like the like. I know people love to go for the small batch releases, um, but I mean when they're when they, you know, and this ain't any knock on the subscription stuff, right? But like one and dones don't really have a lot of staying power for me as a as a, a media site. There's just they don't people don't go back to those things. Is what happened. I've looked at that. Um, so, but I'm not like I've been accused this year of being very anti-boutique so uh it, that's the way the list came out there's other years i've had a heavier boutique focus so that won't change i you know but i do the stuff i'm reviewing is stuff that i hopefully has some staying power so that's kind of where and you have to be reviewed to make the list so that's right. that's where that's going that's why it's come out a little different but there are some limiteds that have hit the list already um and there are limiteds that are still to come so that's what I'm saying. I haven't eliminated it, but um, I like I like what you do with a Coraline list. I think it's a great concept, by the way. It's tough, though. It's tough to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the, the definition of a limit is just, you know, that's a whole other story. Hmm. Um, but yeah. So, yeah. So you, you'll have yours on, on the ace. Uh, I have number two and number one get revealed on the ninth. So uh, we'll, it'll be a big week. And I, I think the DP guys are later in the month from what I've heard. So uh, stay tuned. They, they usually, they're usually a week and a half, two weeks after us. Yeah, uh, they go later because they're finishing up reviews um, on a lot of these things. So they have a deadline of when the scars to be released, but they still are finishing up some reviews. You know, And I think they're smoked already. They just got to get them printed. So I think that's, that's why. So um, it, it's, you know, so stay tuned on that as well see what they come up with this year i think i know what their number one's gonna be this year too yeah me too i'm pretty yeah, sure i got it yeah, yeah so uh so but yeah uh and then yes but so we're in the season right now for tis the season for end of year list which are a tis great thing you all love them don't tell me i mean we we haven't had chakra week i complained about how oh, I don't, it's I my favorite time of year Coop. it's my we favorite all time look of year. At that, to say i'm not looking at them i'm lying uh, but I am. I, I'll be honest. I'm not putting as much coverage into the consensus this year because I'm. There's just things I'm not liking right now. Not against what Charlie's doing, but I just think there's things that there's some problems right now that that I, I just. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, you know. It, I don't think Fair it's enough. a good. Yeah, yeah. It's not a. I, I think the accuracy of it needs needs. But that's Charlie's list. That's not my business. It's his list. He can do what he wants. He's had a lot of success with it, but he is doing a consensus this year. He said, "Good, yeah, all right." Um, but thanks to our audience for hung in there. Thanks to Tom Wazuka. Bear, thank you as well. Of course, that's going to wrap up primetime special edition one thirty three into the annals of history for Tuesday, December twenty seventh. Now Wednesday, December twenty eighth on the East Coast. Happy New Year to everybody. Be safe. Stay safe. And healthy, and we'll see everybody next time. Take care. We'll see you next time. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.